G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Good morning and happy new year, Saturday morning mowers. Uh, it would be remiss of me and I will not start the 2022 Saturday morning mowers with that opener, Gibbo, at all. We were voted by ourselves to have the best opener in uh, in Saturday morning radio. So how about we, uh, that was a Steve Harmison, that uh, that missed the pitch. So let's start with, uh, with the popper intro. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. That's better. Good morning, Saturday Morning Mowers. That's better. I'm pretty sure you New Year's Eve might have finished with that song. A few of you out there jump around by House of Pain. But good morning, Mowers, and Happy New Year. Hopefully, if you didn't get out, and the permission would have been given for the Friday afternoon mow given today is New Year's Day. But if you are mowing this morning, please mow responsibly. Uh, it's probably time now to, to strike up the mower. It's 9 o'clock. The headaches are probably just about to kick in. People have reached for the Panadol. So you're right to uh, to strike up the mower. But uh, we have got a huge three hours for you. Uh, we're going to start off. We're going to open the bowling with my mate. And great opening bowler. If you're ever going to throw the new ball to someone, throw it to this man. Trent Copeland's going to talk all things cricket. Uh, we've got Trey Wingo talking all things USA sport, NFL, coming into the playoffs, NBA, how they're dealing with the COVID, and Lenny Lawler, lawn expert. I want to talk to him. Got a little issue down here at Lake Conjole at the moment. We're starting to uh, just wear a little bit of the bowling crease out. I want to talk to Lenny about how we can get that back up to speed. But I am joined this morning by the great man uh, who would have been absolutely responsible last night, Brett Kamali. Good morning to the Saturday morning. Uh, good welcome to the Saturday morning mowers. Thank you, Nick Davis. Yes, I was well behaved last night. Um, didn't even see the midnight fireworks. Actually, um, a bit boring. But anyway, we'll. we'll Do they we'll even sh- happen anymore? Once you oh, get I don't know. Three, you I get don't the know. you get the kids ones done, and then that's it. Well, Stumps. yeah, we we had dinner at the nine o'clock ones, and then obviously my my older two daughters were out celebrating and and enjoying life, and my younger two were at home, so they stayed up and watched the midnight ones. But um, I I, I feel privileged to be on this show because obviously uh, this show is about mowing and i it am o c d on my front yard <laughs> being the best front yard in Woolaware, and i water it religiously whether it's because i can have a few beers out the front and the kids aren't <laughs> annoying me or whether i can be out the front watering it as a reason to get it no. i'm a brad fitler but i'm i'm not a brad fitler every day do you, mow, do you mow in the bare feet no but i am a massive oh. fan of taking the shoes off and walking on the freshly cut grass <laughs> the best i think it's one of the best feelings you can ever have in your life i'm gonna say Potentially put that on the podium. It could be gold, silver, or bronze. Cut your grass, take your shoes off, and just walk around the freshly cut, thick green grass. It is amazing. So I, a I little bit of a little bit of earthing, a little, a little bit, bit of earthing. Yes, a bit of earthing. Yeah. We'll get into your uh, your mowing exploits later on in the show, but we'll just quickly go through the scores from last night. The Adelaide Strikers Sydney Thunder game. We spoke about it on Drive yesterday afternoon. It was able to go ahead uh, despite. A, uh, a positive COVID test in the Thunder squad. But Jason Sanger, best on ground, absolutely. 91 not out. What an innings it was. 
and the Thunder set the strikers. Uh, they were three for 187 in response. The strikers could only manage 165. Not a bad chase. John O'Wells, 46. But the strikers really struggling this year without uh, Travis Head and Alex Carey. And also overnight in the NBL. And you can catch every every, every NBL game live on ESPN with KO. Cairns Taipans, uh, 78, were defeated by the Perth Wildcats, 84. The Wildcats got up there in that game. It's uh, And Bryce Cotton. How good is that, man? I, I don't know how or why, or if they're struggling for players in the NBA. In the NBA, how Bryce Cotton doesn't get a, a, a crack over there. But as I said to top the show off, if I am a captain, if I'm the captain of anything, if I'm the captain of my cricket team, if I'm the captain, I and self-appointed captain of the Saturday Morning Mowers. Uh, if I'm the captain of Channel Seven, there's only one person that I am looking to throw the new ball to. And if you're looking at people to be responsible on New Year's Eve, the the Copelands are your absolute posters for New Year's Eve festivities. And he joins us now, my mate, Trent Copeland. Good morning, Copes. Good morning. Yeah, I'm not sure Ricky Ponting would be happy with me being dubbed the captain, but, uh, yeah, no, I'll take it. Dickie, how was your New Year's? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was uh, it was pretty subdued because, uh, as I said, I'm captain of the uh, captain of the Saturday Morning Mower, so I need to be on my best behaviour on New Year's. And I did actually, Trent, I didn't put it on our WhatsApp group for fear of ridicule, but there was a slight hamstring strain out on the lake water skiing yesterday. So I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to uh, behave. What, what, uh, what went down at the Copeland house? No, it was also very subdued. Um, I was supposed to be in Melbourne doing the New Year's Eve um, BBL game. So it, it all sort of kicked off yesterday with COVID scares all around the place. So I ended up being at home, which was lovely, and Lennon had a wonderful afternoon. We went down to the park. It was really just nice family time. That's good, mate. Let's start off, and we covered it yesterday on, on Drive. Travis Head, unfortunate news for him, uh, positive COVID uh, test in the Australian camp. Uh, the Australians bring in three three players. Do you think it'll be one of those three that gets the nod there, or do you think it'll be Usman Kawaja that takes Travis Head's spot in the middle order? Yeah, incredibly unfortunate for Travis. I think he's probably just got to the point where after that big 150 uh, in game one at the Gabba and then a really good, like, up-tempo to change the game, 50-odd at Adelaide, really started to establish himself and, and set his uh, mark on that number five spot. So really disappointing for Travis. And I think you're probably right on the latter stages there on Usman Kawaja. I think the other guys have been brought into the squad. They're all playing some really good cricket, but... Uh, Usman sort of earned that spot to be the spare batter at the start of the summer and the way cricket selections normally go is uh, he earned that spot first so he gets first crack so that's the way I think they'll lean. Trent we spoke yesterday to Peter Lawler and obviously we were talking about um, Justin Langer in some regards and I opened up the paper today and Vaughan's made comments that they would love Langer to be the, the next England coach. Langer's appears dead men walking around. Can you tell us how this is happening when he's been so successful? <laughs> Well, it's funny, isn't it? it? Paddy Cummins gets asked in a, a post-day presser, uh, you know, is this a time where Dustin Langer gets an extension? It, he really just deflected and said, look, let's focus, just focus on the cricket. But out of that has come this uh, whirlwind of innuendo that's got to the point where England are currently going so bad that they're like, well, let's get the coach of the other team if they don't want him. Um, so I think it's, Look, wind back 12 months, we lose to India at the Gabba. 
uh, that last test match, there was numerous um, discussions that were had by players, uh, administrators, and even Justin himself about the dressing room environment, what needed to change, all those sort of things. As you guys well know, when you're losing, um, it's a pretty heated environment. So they've gone away, had some tough discussions, and uh, it's obviously working incredibly well, winding back to the World Cup and, and now into this summer. But, yeah, look, I think my opinion, and I've said it on this show, I've said it on a few interviews in recent times, I think the biggest hurdle that Justin Langer may need to get over to renew a contract is what the Australian cricket coach job actually looks like. Because I think my own personal opinion, there's no agendas here or anything behind it, but I think we're looking at split jobs. We're going to have a white ball coach and a test coach, in my opinion, and it's not too far away. Interesting take there, Copes. I want to now, I want to hone in. And all around Australia, if you take six for seven, I don't care if it's at the MCG, in the backyard, out on the street, if you take six for seven, you're expecting to play the next uh, the next game or the next day. <laughs> You've got the, the brand new half-tape tennis ball. Scotty Boland, uh, he'd be very stiff if he misses out on Sydney, surely. Yeah, he would be very stiff. And it's an unfortunate thing about cricket. It, it's a amazing opportunity that falls your way to make a debut when someone else is out injured. Um, but then when you come in and you do so well, you, you create this havoc within the team because... It's sort of this unwritten rule in sport, isn't it, that uh, you come into a person's place that's done well for so long. We're talking Josh Hazelwood here, but it can be in any sport. And, it, you know, the the train of thought with the coaching staff, senior player group, um, and even the player themselves is I'm coming in to do a job and then I understand if I am then taken out of that spot. So, yeah, well, the question becomes, does he then displace someone else? Then you've got Mitchell Stark, who's probably the player of the series at the moment, and Pat Cummins, who's basically the PM. So it's one of those ones where I don't know, and Josh Hazelwood and his fitness is going to be a really tough one for Scotty Boland. But I hope he gets to play because I think he's earned it. And last week was close to the story of 2021 in a cricket sense for me. Yeah, that's right. I remember being at the MCG, actually, Trent, I was down there, and, and Merv Hughes was one of our guest speakers at a breakfast I was at on day two, and he spoke about there's no better place to make your debut than the MCG unless you're a Victorian making your debut on the MCG. And as you said, that Wicket Hall was amazing. Give us a preview for the fourth test. What's going to happen here in Sydney? Well, conditions are going to be a big one, and even the um, the lead-up to this test match, I know the Aussies arrived yesterday, which was a day later than they normally would. Um, there's COVID scares in both camps, so just, you know, pure and simple, teams actually getting to the point where they can get on the park is just going to be one of those challenges that whoever deals with that better uh, may well start the test better, but in recent times, the, uh, the grounds in there, Adam Lewis at the SCG has been working on trying to get his surface A, faster through the air. It's been a bit dour in recent times. Um, so I think that's one of their first aims. And then after that, it's about uh, pace and spin. Um, so whether we see a Mitch Swepson um, involved, I know George Bailey referenced that selection-wise, but if you're asking me to preview what's going to happen, Noddy, I think Australia are going to win and win handsomely because they've been absolutely thrashing the pond so far. And, you know, they've got some serious work to do if they're going to aim up and compete. 
Copes, just with all the uh, COVID stuff going on, and, you know, and, and you're a golfer, and Noddy's a golfer, you've always got your golf clubs in the car just in case a game of golf <laughs> pops up anywhere. Have you got, when you yeah. go in there and you're in the suit and you had the gloves on the other day, that was impressive. Uh, are you going to pack the whites at the, to the SCG in the kit just in case there's a little bit of a, a rippling scare go through the, bo- the bowling attack? <laughs> Well, uh, there was a few people talking about it the other day. Well, Scotty Boland got to debut at his home ground. Jai debuted the day the game before, uh, so or not debuted, but came back into the team. So I've always got my spikes, mate. I've been bowling to the boys while I've been on the road, which is not maybe yeah. a commonly known thing. Um, but no, uh, there's so many bloody bowlers in this country we've seen. This <laughs> summer. It's uh, yeah, I'm I'm well down the pecking order, but uh, I'm really proud of you know, domestic cricket in general. But, um, yeah, thanks for bringing that up with the suit and the wicket-keeping gloves, mate. I haven't caught much fuck about that. <laughs> no, it was... I couldn't, I couldn't resist. It took me about 3.5 seconds to whip it up on our uh, on our movie chat. <laughs> the great man with the oven mitts on. But let's just switch sides now uh, and quickly touch on England. Uh, where, what to from here? It's, it's, they've got to the point. The Ashes are gone. Uh, do they look to the future? Do they... Do they do the bowlers get a farewell test? What's going to happen there? And I, we spoke yesterday again to Peter Layla on the on the drive show. What's happening with county cricket copes? I remember, and you would know too well, 10, 15 years ago, the, the Australian incumbents would go over and, and, and cut their teeth in the county competition and get ready to play test cricket. And it just seems that the English players aren't doing that enough. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. Mike Afton wrote a fantastic article this week um, on where the problems stem from, the proposals he makes, proposals he makes to change um, the way things are done systemically. And I think you're right. Um, there's a couple of things that have changed in county cricket. Rules and eligibility um, have changed, so overseas players do have a bit of a tougher time getting in to play. Um, so if you haven't played international cricket yet, or um, a lot of BBL, you basically can't go over and play four-day cricket over there. Um, but look, in, as far as this last couple of tests goes, I think the bowling group has been largely pretty good. Um, they've probably you know, made some errors on their length control and the plans that they've gone in with. And that's probably a question for bowling coach John Lewis and Silverwood, the coach. Um, but I think they're going to have to make some changes in the batting order. Joe Root, I was watching the other day, and Noddy, you were there on day two, when they started falling to pieces, I just thought to myself, we might catch Joe Root at the non-strikers and just drop his bat in frustration <laughs> watching these blokes just fall over at the other end. Like, imagine you're in the backyard, you're the only one scoring runs, and all your family are just getting knocked over at the other end, and then the game's over. You don't get to have your fun. It's, it's one of those I, ones where... I tell you who that is, and the great man Tristan Merlihan, Lord, so Tristan Merlihan will be on the show <laughs> later on. It would be his partner in indoor cricket up at the Gold Coast. It would be Joe Root is Tristan's batting partner at indoor cricket, just watching Tristan go minus five, minus five, <laughs> minus five, and you get down there to face one ball and then minus five again. Yeah, because I, I don't think people understand how incredible Joe Root's numbers are this year. Like, yeah. he is... I think third all time in test cricket for most calendar year runs. And England have lost like 10 out of their last 12 test matches. It's bordering on ridiculous. And I think other than David Milan and a few other guys, maybe Josh Butler in in Adelaide, 
he's really had just no one go with him. So I think they've had to have some hard truths within within those four walls of the England dressing room, and that's where they really need to aim up. But yeah, look, I think the bowlers are probably okay. It's the batting group that really needs to stand up. Trent Copeland, thanks for you. You got the late night text. Oh, I sent a few around last night trying to get a bit of content. You were the first one I sent, though, buddy. Just don't be. Ah, uh, good man. You were the first one that I got, but thanks for joining us on the Saturday morning, Moes. Good luck on Channel 7's commentary. If you get a bowl, good luck. If you can get into the side, but if I look on the telestrator, I want to see in the bottom right hand corner just a little bit of NFL red zone. I reckon that you had NFL red zone up there, just in the corner. Oh, don't worry. It'll be up. It'll be up. Just maybe not on the big screen. But no, thanks for having me. Happy New Year, guys. You too, mate. You too. That's Trent Copeland. Channel 7, Telestrator extraordinaire and great man. And as he said, look, test play for Australia. And the bowling stocks at the moment. Look, the great man is rolling the, the arm over in the nets. I've challenged him, Nod, down at uh, at Savannah Heights Cricket Club. I, I want... I want to take two overs of the great man in the nets. We might be able to get that done early in the year. But Gibbo, you got a text come through? Yeah, boys. I just want to shout out to one of our great listeners, Dave. You know him very well. It's from Rooster Man. Uh, Noddy, oh, he's saying, man. boys, have a happy Moa New Year and happy New Year to you, Rooster Man. Noddy is one of our great listeners. Um, I think he's been pretty lucky with the sweep, Davo. He did. And he's. Well, I think he's. I think he's had a good result. <laughs> I think on drive, I picked Nature Strip out for yeah, Rooster that's Man, right. and he won the Everest. And then I believe I picked uh, Incentivize for Rooster Man, maybe or maybe even maybe even very elegant. And the two, when Noddy, when we've got no content, we just basically use Tristan's money at topsport.com.au and have a sweet. And oh, what do you think for... today? What do you think today, Dave? I reckon, I reckon it's sweet day. <laughs> There'll be races. <laughs> there's races somewhere. Uh, I think Charlton. You, you need to go out there, get yourself a piece of A4 paper and out to the guillotine and make up some numbers. <laughs> but, uh, the great man from topsport.com.au, proud supporter of this show, uh, will be joining us uh, very shortly. And I'm sure... I'm not sure if he'll be listening at topsport.com head, headquarters just as yet, but I'm sure he'll have some sort of reply to the indoor cricket and we'll get to him after this break. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, there's a Toro for everyone. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Happy New Year to everyone out there listening, striking up the lawnmower and just uh, taking the top off the lawn. It's a beautiful morning for it down here at Lake Conjola. Hopefully it's the same back in Sydney. And was remiss of me at the top of the show to uh, to put in a pardon for my great mate Adam Peacock, who's, uh, whose dad passed away during the week. So we send our best to Adam and, and his family uh, there and hopefully uh, we can have my partner back on the show next Saturday. But speaking of people, if, if you want to know who I was looking forward to talking to, to this morning, just to hear the first words come out of his mouth, Sir Lord Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au, home of the best multis. How are you, buddy? Uh, Nick, I'm okay. <laughs> and uh, not even good Get, to speak out, yeah. out of a track rating, I want a track rating. You've got a, a, a good three to a heavy 10. Where, where are you sitting? Mm. Uh, I woke up a heavy seven and I've downgraded to a heavy nine. So, um, <laughs> we, we had an ordinary start. I, of, you know, we, after you had a couple of beers and you obviously got that, that dry throat and, um, 
I got in the car, I got in the office early trying to set a good example for the boys and I was desperate for a glass of water when I walked through the doors and uh, there's no, no water in the office this morning. So that uh, that caused the downgrade and um, decided to walk down to the the petrol station and pick up a Powerade and it started pissing down as I was walking down. So um, it's been a good start to the day. Beautiful one day, perfect the next. Not happening. <laughs> not happening, not happening. And then I tune in to hear your dulcet tones for the first uh, first time of the year, and I'm, my my cricketing ability is getting uh, getting slagged off. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a good start of the year. <laughs> well, Gibbo, he, he did talk to me yesterday about. It. He goes, mate, look, it's New Year's Day. We we we'll get plenty as much content as we can. And I said, mate, I've got at least half an hour of just absolutely playing off the black tees of Tristan at any sort of thing that we can. But I do want to make mention tristantopsport.com.au, home of the best multis and sponsor of basically everything. Bathurst, that looked fantastic. The NFTs are going well. And also now we're in direct competition. Uh, betting partner, wagering partner of the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, Gold Coast Titans and um, your future Hollywood gig, I think, after a video we put up with uh, with the great Anthony Don. So that was uh, that, that was an interesting turn of events a couple of weeks ago. But yes, very uh, very excited to be part of our local team. We're, our office is just down the road from the from the big sea bus stadium area on the Gold Coast. So uh, yeah, top sports certainly trying to get involved with a lot of uh, different sporting teams and sporting events we love it and um and yeah it's, it's going to be a big year i think for for the top sport team and uh none more important than the saturday mowers club as well saturday mowers club obviously it's great to get rubbish put on you straight away from nick davies day one of 2022 tristan but um fan favorites the don you said that you you know you go on to do a logies campaign with him and, and being a the actor the don is one of the favorite players i think the gold coast titans have ever had a fan favorite who are the Titans going to go for? Who's the who's going to become the new? Apart from Jaden Campbell, probably he's a pretty good player. But apart from the Don, what are the fans going to watch at the Gold Coast Titans? Who's the favourite? Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Uh, Jaden Campbell's going to be uh, going to be the one that, that, it, that a lot of people are going to be looking at. I think um, I think though maybe uh, well, we know how good a good a player Tino is, but I think him re-signing is just. It's been probably the big catalyst, in my opinion, on just the changing of the guard on the Gold Coast, where I think in, in years gone by, we may have lost a few of those players, but the fact that he's re-signed, I think, is going to be huge. I think he's going to have a lot of public sentiment behind him uh, going forward. So I think, Jane, I'm looking forward to seeing how how, how, um, how Brimstone goes in, in the halves this year as well. So I, I think he's going to be exciting. It's going to be a pretty flamboyant team, pretty exciting, young and up-and-coming up and side with Toby Sexton as well there in, in the halves jersey. So... Plenty of uh, plenty of good players. Looking forward to seeing how they are uh, compete next year. It sounds like not only you're sponsoring, but you're some sort of uh, you're on the coaching panel. You just absolutely <laughs> ripped off a beautiful preview of the Gold Coast. Like I can't wait to roll into Rubina in my Roosters polo when uh, the mighty Chooks take on the Titans. But Tristan, let's talk odds. Uh, there, I'm not sure if there's been much change around the Travis Head news yesterday or the Steve Smith news that he was locked in an elevator. But let's talk the fourth Ashes Test. Uh, what's happening there with the prices? Yeah, well, there has been a bit of a move. Looks like there must might be a little bit of weather around because the draw's in pretty short. It's a dollar eighty-one Australia, two forty-four the draw, eight dollars England. You'd have to think they're gonna there's going to be seven sessions washed out if we're going to get a draw the way the English have been batting. <laughs> so uh, two forty-four seems very short, short about the draw, but yeah, the weather might be a bit ordinary. Dollar eighty-one um, and England right out the gate at eight dollars. So this is the biggest price the Aussies have been all series, despite being three nil up. So basically, we're just talking about we're betting against the weather. 
I, I think so. So I think it's one of those ones. And I, I've always been, and, um, and and I think the way this, this test series is positioned, you can't see either side really playing for a draw, in, in my opinion. And, and I think yeah. if there's a lot of weather expected early, they can extend those start times out and they, they try to get as much play in when you know the weather's coming. Yeah. So yeah. I think the Aussies at $1.81 look to be a really good Price, unless it's just absolutely tra- uh, torrential. But we know when, the, when there's a bit of uh, bit of movement around in the air, there, there's a lot more wickets on the offering. So I just think the Aussies are going to be pushing for a four nil win. I think England's going to be trying to salvage a bit of pride. So I think the one eighty one, or even even have a sniff at the English at eight dollars, because I, I think there's there's going to be um, you know even though there is a bit of weather around, I, I, I still think there's a big chance of a result. That's a good call there, the $8 there for England. Let's take with cricket today's game, the Hobart Hurricanes and the Brisbane Heat. Let's go through the BBL games. Yeah, big BBL today. We've got double-headed. We've got the first game yep. at 4 o'clock. Hobart $1.61, the Heat at two thirty-seven. Over 250 markets up on this. The boys have got the markets up bright <laughs> and early. Uh, Chris, Chris Lynn's 370 favourite for the most most runs for the Heat. Ben Duck at four forty. Pearson $5. And then for the Hobart side... How good are there? Two stars been going. Ben cool. McDermott at three dollars thirty, Maddie Wade at three eighty, and Darcy Short four dollars. So McDermott and Wade have put on some big numbers there at the start, and then the uh, the game tonight sees a six is very short. Dollar forty eight favourites against the Renegades at two sixty six. High bats there see Josh Philippi is three fifty, James Vince at four dollars, and Moses Henriques four twenty. And for the Renegades, uh, Aaron Finch three thirty favourite. Sam Harper, 380, Mackenzie Harvey, 440. So plenty of cricket on our screens tonight. Hopefully we can get uh, get through these games and we get uh, get a couple of games because there has been a little bit of uncertainty over the last 48 hours. Let's hope so, mate. You get yourself back down to the service station, grab yourself another <laughs> blue Powerade, and we will be back to you later on in the show. I'll have my multi. Noddy will have a multi and we'll talk all things racing. Sounds good to me. See you guys. And yeah, hopefully it's a slow six by the time we're talking next. <laughs> Let's hope so, mate. That's Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au, home of the best multis. Download the app today and gamble responsibly. We'll be back after the break. Sports biggest moments called play-by-play from around the world right here on SEN. It is your home of sport and it is your home on Saturday morning of the Saturday morning mowers brought to you by Toro Mowers. If you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, Toro Mowers have a mower for you and also topsport.com.au, home of the best multis. Download the app today and gamble responsibly. Noddy, you confessed earlier on in the show that you are a mower. Talk us through your regime. I want to know, I want to know your preparation. Do you look at the bomb? How in-depth do you go into your mowing? Yes, yeah, so as I said before, I'm a big fan of having potentially really thick green grass, cut perfect, shoes off after I've cut it. Uh, obviously, um, preparation-wise, I, I, we do share some, some equipment with the next-door neighbours, effectively. That's we fun. share the front yard. So I, I come with the, with the blowers, and they come with the lawnmower and the whippers snippers. So it's not a bad little trade-off, but... Um, Yes, so I, I'm quite happy to do the edging. Uh, I do blow before I cut, and then I blow again after I cut. So I'm a bit OCD on the fact that hopefully there's no little um, little leaves or anything lying around. I try and pick up every leaf potentially when I'm mowing. But um, the next door neighbour, actually, I, I sent a photo of day two, bore one uh, at the MCG, and the return I got from my next door neighbour was, can we cut the front yard like this? So they want checks in the front yard, I think. <laughs> bit of cross pattern, so I'll see. I'll see if the next my, my next mowing experience, whether I can actually potentially know how to how to cross cut it and, and and see if we get the checkered pattern in the front yard. So um, 
No, I, I as I said, I am I'm a fan of it. Um, I, I I should ask well, while we're on this subject, Nick, I have this little yeah. the, the dog. I've got two two little dash hounds, right? So they all they always yeah. want to take themselves to the bathroom in the same area of the yard. Yeah. But, so it's a little bit little bit of a brown spot. So yep. how do I how do I fix that? How do I stop that? How how can I get the brown little spot to come back green? Mate, what you do is you throw it out to the mowers on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or via text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The mowers community will help us out there. I, I would just water it or I'd cut it out. I've got no idea. I'm I'm just the host of the show. <laughs> Lenny Lawler, he'll get, yeah. <laughs> he'll, uh, he'll have a uh, he'll have a, a solution for us later on the show. Gibbo, have you got a text there? I do, mate. And another one. I feel like the troops have come home to roost this morning, boys. Uh, JS, Happy New Year, lads. Party next door last night went late. Might be time to fire up the mower. So JS is killing the game over there. JS, that is absolute green light to set all three up in one go. I would strike the mower and then I would just let that idle. Then I would strike the whippersnipper and let that just idle there as well. And then with your blowing today, JS what you need to do is just have the intermittent blowing. Don't just go for the one strong blast of the of the blower so they can get used to it. You just sort of want that rev up, rev down to just really. And right, and you know what you should even do? Be the good Samaritan and mow their lawns for them. Right underneath their bedroom window, just start your 2020 off with a good Samaritan act and go, listen, guys, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to mow your lawn right underneath your bedroom window. Agree I with mean, that, Gibbo? Yeah, mate, I absolutely agree. And if I know JS, he'd be killing it. You know, <laughs> JS actually, he does. He was the, he was the original mower. He was. The, I really like that they've stuck true. And on New Year's Day, they are still, they're still here listening. But speaking of New Year's Day, what did you get up to, guys, last night? I know... Dave, I'm sure, and both of you lads, actually, New Year's Eve, once upon a time, would have been penciled in a, ca- in a calendar. calendar. Yes. You know, it's a big night. Has it lost its charm, though? Do you think we make it a big night? Do we, do we hype it up as if it's I the greatest mean, yeah. night? Of, and it should be the greatest night of the year. It's the finish of the year we've just had. It's the going into the new year. I'm going out till whatever time of the, of the night. I've got to watch the midnight fireworks. It's going to be the best party I've ever had. And then, and then what happens? Oh. Well, I was in bed last night because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was at a pub last night, and uh, at twelve o'clock, everyone started looking at each other and started kissing each other. And, and I mean, I, I thought that was sort of a given. Then I then I turn around and look at it's my it's my mate, and next thing you know, there we are, kissing. Oh, well, <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, just just joking. Yeah. But yeah, no, but, uh, no, I agree. I agree. I believe, and I, I don't want to go off because, uh, and we will talk about it. Our 200 thanks to topsport.com.au, and it will be 200 because he's not feeling well. He's on a heavy nine at the moment, Tristan Millan from topsport.com.au. On 1300-01-1170 or via text 0457-736-736. Our phone today is your best Yana, the Yana the of the year or the Yana to start this new year what it is i've got a list i have got an absolute list of year now i've been off for for a few weeks now and i've i've compiled it to gibbo has been just bombarded with whenever i think of the year now i just send it to gibbo just so i can remember what it is but naughty we, we're going to talk year now so we want our listeners to call or text your best year now but in regards to new year's eve i believe that new year's eve has been hijacked by social media content i think it's just 
and the people and again i don't want to go too early on my yen yen ass but if they want to just scroll back through their social media 12 months and give us the old oh i can't wait for 21 how'd that treat you guys how'd that go Hey, Davo, when I was putting together the Christmas special, I um I had to listen back to uh, all the, yeah, nah, so Noddy, we do a segment every week, yeah, yeah. yeah nah, stuff you don't like, and I, I was listening back to all the, yeah, nahs from the year, and pretty much every week, there was for a period every week, Dave would come in and he would say, oh, people posting stuff about social media, and there was this one, he was like, People posting stuff yeah. about their <laughs> when, COVID jabs. When um when Victoria got out of a lockdown, uh, people were taking photos of their coffee, and I remember listening back to it. Oh, this is Radio Gold. He's like, he's like, and this is why I left Victoria in two thousand and two or something like that. But yeah, so yeah, nah, it's a segment that we do. So get your yeah nahs in. Tristan Merlihan, two hundred dollars. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. It was nice of you to invite us on the Christmas special. Two thanks, Kibo. Oh, please, <laughs> mate, please. You guys, the um. So usually it's Adam Peacock and Nick Davis, and those two haven't worked together for at least a month and a half. So I'm out here slumming it. But anyway, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, sorry. nah, nah. You're, you're full of rubbish, Kibo. Yeah, nah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. And the other thing that I need to get right is the intro for the Adam's intros for yeah, nah, and then he'll say. And now it's time for, and then in the intro it says, and now it's time for. So it's basically the, uh, he doubles up there, the great man. Well, I mean, Davo, like I'm, I'm seeing a lot of traits here for a permanent host. So I, I think, look, Adam, you know what they say? Don't take a day off in show business. Well, he's had about six. So look, I think next year, what we, oh, this year, what we do, we, um, we sit down together, little meeting, noddy, and, and we can go over potential candidates. Oh, you mean yeah, you, you, you mean you and Nick? Yeah, yeah actually. <laughs> I mean, me, you know me, me, you, uh, yeah. Uh, Nick and I will sit down and have a chat about <laughs> yeah. whether. Yeah, I reckon you're right, Nick. Yeah, yeah, Nick. You want? Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Yeah, you're in. You want to be the host? Uh, yeah, I think that'd be a good <laughs> yeah. good decision. <laughs> no, well, he, who, he, he who supplies the he who supplies the sponsor calls picks the tune here, mate. So <laughs> let's be, let's be clear who the captain of this show is. But we will again uh, recap the overnight scores in the Big Bash. The Sydney Thunder defeated the Adelaide Strikers by 22 runs. Jason Sanger absolutely dominated with 91 night out. Gibbo, how long until this man plays? international cricket for well, Australia. I know he's been there and thereabouts in the uh, white ball scene for Australia, but it's a very impressive performance. And he has a younger brother as well, Tanvir, who's a spinner. And I think they're pretty close. And especially what seems to happen in the last couple of years in the Australian cricket scene is all these youngsters start, get their games in 2020 or one day. So, look, I reckon, Davo, next year, we've got a World Cup that we're hosting, T20. He might just be there. Is that this year, you mean? Oh, yeah, this year, this year. So later on this, this year, year, Jason Sanger, or we were talking about Ooh. our predictions yesterday, yes. Jason Sanger, I think he'll be in the squad at least. That's not a bad shout. And I think it's been important that the BBL and Australia probably have got the balance right at the moment, whereas we did speak to Peter Lawler. Uh, Layla, sorry, yesterday about it and, and Trent <laughs> Copeland uh, in regards to England and Jimmy Anderson came out in the media talking about it as well, saying that uh, the balance may have shifted too much in the England cricket 
domestic competitions to white ball sort of cricket. So, uh, but Jason Sanger doing absolutely no harm to his chances there with 91 not out. The Thunder made 187. The Strikers could only manage 165. Hey, boys, you guys are both in development. Noddy for the West Tigers, Davo for the Swans and the Roosters. For England right now, I, I know you guys aren't cricket development officers, but what do they do here to get it back, to get them back and competing with Australia on that level? Uh, I believe, and Noddy, and you've probably been a part of it too, it's not a baby out with the bathwater situation for uh, England. I, I don't think and any sort of rebuilding team, you need to, the, you can't just go, well, let's bring the young kids in and give them a go. They need to learn. Uh, and sometimes with the older guys, you can learn the good traits and also you can work out, well, well that's not working. And and the bad traits for, for the England cricket side, I don't think you need to absolutely uh, clean slate there if you're an England, England cricket selector. But uh, I think there's two issues there with the England cricket side. There's just a few people uh, and... Peter Lawler spoke about it uh, later. How I'll get that right one day. Peter... Pete said yesterday that uh, that a few of the England guys are just they're missing a number three, which then just changes their batting order around. Joe Root stays at four. Darwin Milan goes down to five, and, and that all of a sudden that that batting order looks a little bit different. Uh, what's been happening uh, with their pace attack? Obviously, they're they're struggling for a for a spinner. Um, they're just getting no return from their spin attack. And Joffre Archer is probably the one where he was he burst onto the scene there and, and what he did to that pace attack. But Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad just aren't getting it done. Yeah, probably adding to what Nick just said there, obviously knowing a bit more about the current team. I think, as Nick said, like you've got to keep potentially some of those senior figures around and become the leaders of the, of the kids. But effectively, as they've done, is they've brought that 100 match in in England to, to get more eyeballs watching the game. Potentially... They've got to probably go long-term strategy here where they've got to take, try and get cricket back into potentially high schools and get kids playing fit effectively cricket. Whether that means they play, you know, because the weather can be pretty rubbish in England as well. and They might lose the start of their summer and, and bits and pieces. But whether they play indoor cricket, whether they play, whether they create some environments to play cricket, but you've got to create a path for them. We talk about how great the Australian depth is, but we've got so many opportunities from the play, so many... Great players can't even get a start for Australia because there's too many good players in front of them. So they've got to try and create a stockpile of great young kids that, one, aspire to become test maybe cricketers or or or, or want to play cricket because I, I just you, if there's not many people participating in it, then it's less likely you're going to get talent at the end of the game at, at the end of the day. Noddy, I just want to get your opinion on this, and I'm not sure, I can't remember, but Super League in, in, in the NRL, how much would it be weighing on a 20, 21-year-old England cricketer going, well, I can, where does the prestige of winning the Ashes sit with the prestige of an IPL contract worth millions of dollars? And the Super League went through that, where do you want to play for a team that's in the NRL or do you want to earn the money? Where... Does it sit nowadays with professional sport, do you believe? Yeah, I, I think that's right, Nick. I, I think that you've got to make the Ashes the, the the greatest sporting rivalry, I suppose, that happens in England. So that all these young kids want to come out and go and play in the Ashes and compete against Australia, whether it's in Australia or whether it's in England, in, England, uh, in some of the you know, prestige stadiums throughout the world. But I, I think if you're a young kid, potentially you, 
young kids want quick fixes, don't they? They want to just they're happy to take the money, get the quick quick result, not do the hard work, not suffer a setback, and just go. You know what? It's easy easy thing to do. And I suppose T Twenty's become such a big thing worldwide. They're making so much money. So I think you know potentially the Australian form has always been Test cricket is very very important, and and only we have a few of those players that can play Test cricket and be successful T Twenty players. Agree with that. You can have your say oh, for, uh, no, uh, by text 0457 736 736 or give us a call 1300 01 1170. We're up to a break. We'll be back soon. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Indeed, it is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. I'm Nick Davis, and I'm joined by Brett Kamali. That's the first hour. Gibbo, how are we? Uh, are you happy? Yeah, look, I- I'm really happy, but I know the second hour is always the best, but I'm really waiting for that last half an hour where we really <laughs> need to lift. That 11.30, 10.30 up on the Gold Coast, 11.30 till 12 o'clock, that is where you really earn your money, Nick Davis. It is, it is. And coming up on the show, we've got Noel Keller, a friend of mine, who will be talking all things Magic Means. And a special thing happened yesterday at Port Lincoln in the Callow family. Uh, Jaden Cripps is going to come on and talk all things golf with the New South Wales Golf Open uh, coming up shortly. And I've just been handed a can of Start Your Bastard engine spray to uh, get me into the second hour. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. And welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy 2022 to everyone. Uh, What a way to start the year. Uh, Striking up the lawnmower. Is there a better way to start? Coming up in the second hour, we will be joined by Noel Keller, who will talk all things Magic Millions, Queensland Racing, and as I said, uh, a little milestone in the Callow family yesterday uh, over at Port Lincoln. Uh, where, but we do want your yeah nahs. I'm gonna, I won't start the hour off with the yeah nahs, but I'm starting to warm up. We want your yeah nahs to come through. 200 up for grabs, thanks to topsport.com.au. Text 0457736736 or call 1300-01-1170. Your best yeah nahs will win. $200 thanks to topsport.com.au. We'll be back after the news with Noel Callow. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. It is. Happy New Year to everyone out there. Happy 2022. And if Trent Copeland was the first person that I would want to speak to on a New Year's Day. He is a person that I've spent a couple of New Year's with, actually. And we have uh, matured like great bottles of red wine, me and uh, our next guest. And joining us from back in Adelaide, who is at the, might be able to give us a little bit of a snapshot of what the BBL was like last night, Noel Thomas-Kello. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Noddy. Good morning, Vicky. And um, happy New Year to everyone out there. And uh, yeah, I was at the Big Bash last night at Adelaide Oval and... Um, uh, the Thunder flogged them, didn't they? So, uh, yeah, it was quite entertaining. Jason Sanger didn't hit any sixes in your way. Didn't have to dodge the football like, uh, sorry, dodge the cricket ball like uh, like they wanted everyone to do at the AFL last year. Uh, no, no, no. One come nearby, but I forget who hit it because I had a few bevos. And um, no, we had a good night anyway. Put it that way. But the, I didn't uh, the fireworks. I'm not. A, I'm not a fireworks sort of person like you. Were you up at uh, midnight watching the fireworks, Dicky? Yeah, I'm heavy. I'm heavy into the fireworks. You know that. <laughs> 
we did uh, we spent a, we um, <laughs> we spent a new year's at the gold coast myself and noel and uh, we had a a pretty nice apartment there overlooking surface and there was a building right in the way of the fireworks and i absolutely spat the dummy but uh noel yesterday was a special day and this person uh has seen a lot of our shenanigans going on and i can't believe she's made it to to where she has, uh, she was in the motorcade actually for the 2006 AFL Grand Final. But Stacey Callow uh, rode her first winner at Port Lincoln yesterday. No, second, yeah, she rode second her first winner. winner uh, yeah, yeah, her first winner was um, at Sejuna, her, sec- her second ride in the race. So that was good. It was on a dirt track, and um, and that was her first uh, TAB winner yesterday at Port Lincoln. So yeah, yeah, you're right. She had seen a lot of her shenanigans uh, through the years, and. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm blown away. Like she, she's gone ten times better than I was at that stage. Um, she reads it better than than I did at that stage, and uh, she's got a long way to go. But um, yeah, I'm just so I'm I'm wrapped because she's um, she's just doing all the right things, and she'll make a million mistakes. And um, uh, but so far so good, it's really good, and I'm I'm just happy for her because she's worked hard. Yeah, no, obviously as you said, it would have been an interesting story time or a very proud moment. Obviously, as you said, winning a, a second race, but. When she'd come to you and said, oh, I'm thinking about becoming a jockey, were you really happy about that decision or were you like, please don't go down that path? Yeah, it was a bit like that, Noddy. Um, she she got really good in her um, in her schooling. Uh, she got uh, 90 in her uh, VCE and got into a law course. And I got out of most of those parenting things because I was either sitting in a hot bath or, or at the races. And she went to the awards and got all um, at the school and she SMSed me and said, uh, I want to be a jockey. And I said, I'll talk to you later. And uh, anyway, I, I sent her up the, the country and uh, where it was a bit rough and tough and being a suburban sort of sport little kid, uh, I thought she'd um, she'd sort of say, oh, I'm not doing this. And I don't know, she's a bit like me. So um, she uh, she loved it. And uh, we sort of moved on to, to Mick Kent's and uh, she learnt. It was a real good real good grounding there because Mick Kent's really good with apprentices and just watching her ride and watching others when they start off, they when they jump, they just... They, they huck them to the front, and she just lets them be. And yeah, I'm, I'm just really happy with her. So I wasn't over the moon, but now watching her, it's, it's a nervous watch. But uh, watching her now, I just get such a such a thrill. It's uh, it's better than anything I've ever done. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, it's really good. What was it like, mate? You uh, you went back to Adelaide. Uh, she wanted to ride in a race with you. What was? Don't worry about watching it on the TV. What was it like uh, in the stalls next to her? Uh, I think that was at Strathalbyn earlier on in the week. Yeah, that was straight out on Wednesday. I had, because uh, I planned to, I, she can't ride at a Metropolitan Meeting, so today's obviously Murray Bridge, so she can't ride there. So uh, I, I looked at the um, calendar and I said, right, I'll, I'll ride at Strathalbyn with you and I'll go to Port Lincoln uh, Friday, which is yesterday. And um, anyway, um, <clears throat> we lobbed in two races. I, I think I, had, I think she had three rides today and I had five or something and we lobbed in two races together and I said to her, right, I'm not going to Port Lincoln. We're, we're going to bucket list this. Because uh, it's a bit rough and tough up there for me, uh, Dicky, and uh, I'm a little bit fragile in my old age. So uh, yeah, we did it there, and and it was good. And there's a little bit of media attention uh, there, and, and that was fine. But about five minutes before the race, I got a bit up and about. Like I got a bit, I don't know. It's just a strange feeling, and uh, I just wanted to get out there and happen. And <clears throat> I'm paid to do a job. And anyway, she's jumped and led, and here I am running about uh, sixth or seventh in the run. And all I'm doing is watching her. I had to shake my head and give myself a little slap and go, "Hang on, you, you paid here to do a job." And, Anyway, she beat me home, which was good for her, and um, I think she ran about fourth, and I ran about sixth. So, uh, no, it was exciting. Um, but uh, and then the second one was well, it was just back to business. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, 
I'm over the moon the way she's going. That's 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 my main concern. She's um, she couldn't be going any better. So it's really good. Mate, just quickly now, I just want to talk. Get back to to your sort of stuff and over this Christmas period and, and New Year's and and coming up to the Magic Millions. Uh, what's it like in the life of, of a jockey and someone that uh, was was uh, not I wouldn't say constantly battling weight, but one of the heavier jockeys over this Christmas New Year period. Where we're swamped with racing. Now you're at the base at the Gold Coast. You're looking to sort of get some Magic Millions rides. What's it like uh, on the tooth? No trifle for you. Um, no, no, it's just it's business as usual, but it's just obviously the, the pot of gold's uh, bigger at the end of the rainbow uh, this time of year. So, well, Christmas was, I didn't do anything for Christmas because I had to ride the next day, Boxing Day at the Gold Coast. And uh, lucky for me, it was worth it because three, uh, three boulder on me. So I rode three that day. It was good. And then I, I, I came to Adelaide on the 27th so to spend Christmas with my parents and obviously rode at Strathalbyn on Wednesday. And, um, and then I've been eating um, hot dogs ever since. So I've got to pull my head in... Um, Monday, so uh, it's exciting. Uh, I've got a horse that I won on two back of Michael Costa's called Perfect Mission. It'll run um, next Saturday. There's a prelude meeting for the Magic Million, so that so on the 8th of January they have the prelude. So they they range between uh, 250,000 down to about 100,000. Uh, the races on that day, uh, which is good because um, they, they are Magic Million horses and they are restricted, so everyone gets their chance. You can't. You're not going to get a black caviar come in and blow them away because they're not uh, they're not magic million horses. So they they get it. It's good good for the. It's really good for some of the only ordinary sort of horses, even the country cup horses, uh, uh, and, and they, they race for big money. They, they could win a, a two hundred fifty thousand dollar race, and then two weeks time in two weeks time they'll be racing at Queanbeyan, you know, in a race of fifteen or twenty thousand. So it's, it's good uh, for me. Um, yeah, I just hope I um, get a get a good barrier, and uh, that's half the battle. And uh, and, and get on the right sort of horse. But this horse I went on two, about two weeks ago, horse of cost was Perfect Mission. Uh, it, it'll run, like I said, on the eighth in a two-year-old. I think it's the Pearl. Um, and if it wins, it'll, it'll head to the Magic Millions. But looking at the Magic Millions, like the two-year-olds, uh, they can go shin tour. They're, they're, they're hit and miss. But um, so everything's sort of, sort of got to go right. But geez, cool and gather looks the, the standout. Um, I know they said it was crazy the other day, but if you look at the you look at the race, uh, the speed was on. It was right up there on the speed, and your second and third horse in the in the race uh, came from second last and last. So that tells you the sectionals up front for the first half were, were strong, and she's still able to blow them away. Uh, I, I don't think you'd be able to beat her, um, hence why she's probably about $2. Um, and I think in the millions, uh, for some reason, they put up big money, and uh, these jockeys get a little bit toey, and the speed's right on. And I, I just think she would just be... Fourth, fifth, get in the gun run and, and, and explode like she did in the uh, gym practice uh, at Ramwick. So, yeah, I'd like to be riding her, but uh, unfortunately, Jay McDonald's uh, one of the best in the business. And I actually heard Malcolm Johnson on TV said he's, he's the best jock I've ever seen, um, James McDonald, because he gets, just gets him into position. Uh, Malcolm uh, said I used to have to knock about four or five down to get in that position. So, yeah, he's, he's good. He's good, Jay Mac. Well, no, obviously, I opened up your bio here and it says you're a heavyweight jockey. So, obviously, you just confirmed that with all the hot dogs you've enjoyed over Christmas. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing how you get. Yeah, I'm, uh, I run about 55 and a half kilos and I'm, and I'm known as a heavyweight. I can't even hold my hands up. So, what, what's all that about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, you know, that Magic Millions Carnival, as you said, you know, the, the amount of buying that goes up where up there as well. But, obviously, also the Carnival. It's a, it's a great time of year, I suppose. We've got some great. 
carnivals. You know, we think about what Sydney's done with the Everest. We think about what the, you know, Melbourne Cup has always been famous for. Now we've got the Gold Coast. So there's some great opportunities for, for buyers and also for jockeys. Yeah, well, um, obviously it was set up many, many years ago by Jerry Harvey and um, um, uh, John Singerman, and, and it's just great. They they just they put it on. Um, they go to the race on the Saturday. They get millions, race for uh, $2 million, two-year-olds, and all, all the other races. I think the minimum race is a quarter of a million. So it's big money, and then they all go to sales and uh, and uh, and spend up, and uh, they do it really well. And I'm in Rundle Mall here in Adelaide uh, because my wife's still in bed, and I'll tell you what, they're up and about here. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't they be down in Rundle Mall? But the, the tides have turned. It used to be a, uh, myself and you uh, in separate beds uh, on New Year's Day, but now Reneg is uh, <laughs> Reneg's the one that's uh, carrying the, 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 the torch for us. But just on, on a personal note, you've ridden you know, around the world. You're a leading jockey in Singapore. You've ridden Group 1s in Melbourne. Uh, you moved to the Gold Coast. How's it been? You, we spoke to you early days and... You were just trying to get your feet set there, but you look like you're well entrenched there and riding plenty of winners. I love it there. Um, I love it at the Gold Coast. I purchased a house there about um, three months ago, and um, it's really good uh, because obviously just lifestyle sort of change. Melbourne's very tough, and you need a stable as uh, you know, like your two Mars and that. And it was pretty tough. And I was battling along, going your Wangaratas and um, Yarra Glens and all that, just sort of ticking over and. Um, like I said, the kids are older, so my boy's a plumber and he lives in my house in Melbourne and uh, Stacey's obviously in Adelaide and me and Renee are just back on our own like when we, when we met when we were 19. Uh, so um, we sort of said, well, let's try this. And uh, I didn't know if it w- would work. We we went, we both took a suitcase and actually rode in the Rosehill Guineas um, um, and we drove from Melbourne to Sydney and then we drove to the Gold Coast and like I said, I didn't know if it would work. And well, I was there about a month and, I started pulling a few Michael Schumacher moves in the run and uh, the jockeys around me just didn't see him coming and they haven't since. So, uh, yeah, it worked, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly has. But look, uh, thanks and for joining us. Without getting the trumpet out, Dickie, I think I'm, I think I'm uh, in the premiership. I'm, I think I'm 15 in front already and we only got only halfway. So, anyway, happy days. But uh, like I said, I just hope the person walking behind <laughs> you at Rundle Mall doesn't pick up the thing that you just dropped then. That's all. <laughs> Thanks for having us, boys. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show, Noel. Uh, Noel Callow, a good friend of mine. We, uh, we could have, Gibbo, if we have no content for three hours, we could have an absolute three-hour special, this, um, some of the stuff that uh, me and the great man used to do. I, I've got a quick story. We, it was Melbourne Cup, and Noel had a ride uh, in the Melbourne Cup and, and on Cup Day, and I was uh, staying at his place uh, through the through the holidays. It was off-season, and he's like, oh, are you coming? I'm like, yeah, it's Melbourne Cup Day. He's like, oh, I've got no tickets. And I'm like, oh, it's all right. I'll just jump in the car. And he's like, well, all you need to do is – Keep your head down, hold onto this saddle, and just walk past all the people and just pretend you're a jockey. I'm like, mate, I'm I'm six foot. He goes, mate, I'm telling you, just keep your head down, walk through. So Melbourne Cup Day, biggest race day, six foot uh, Australian rules footballers walked straight down and into the jockey's room and got into the Melbourne Cup. So that was uh, that was not a bad story from me and the great man. I think he's still. No, you're still with us, mate. Yeah, I heard that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the. I don't know what app to download. 
I don't have the app to download to listen to your show, so when you had me on there, I thought, oh, I might as well keep listening, so I just put on mute so I wouldn't disturb you, and uh, yeah, I got sprung like a mattress, didn't I? Anyway, on your bike, bye-bye, you. enjoy your life. Okay, bye-bye, bye-bye. We'll be back after a short break uh, with the uh, the start. The Yenars are going to start after the short break. Be part of the story on the new... Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. It is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club and I have been promising to come off the long run with some yeah nahs, so let's make it happen. It's time for... Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. As I said, I've been uh, I've been away for a few weeks, uh, working and and whatnot, and there's been a lot, Gibbo and Noddy, that has uh, has been brought to my attention in the world of of Yenna. Some that I've seen, some that other people have mentioned to me, avid listeners of the show. And if you can have your say on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or via text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six, the best Yenna will win two hundred. Thanks to topsport.com.au. But I am going to start. And my first year, now, I think comes off the back of the COVID lockdowns and people becoming attached to their pets. But my first year, now, is people that take dogs grocery shopping into the shopping centres. Dogs do not like shopping. They're not built for shopping. There's There's no amenities for them there. They do not like shopping. So anyone, and I'm even going to extend that to cafes and coffee shops. Because they don't drink coffee. They don't need to be there. Just leave your dog at home. That will be fine. So to anyone that takes their dog to the shop and or a coffee shop, it's a massive... Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Agree or disagree, boys? Well, I bought a little lockdown dog and it goes everywhere (laughs) with me. So I take it to the coffee shop. So it it can't have any separation anxiety. Oh, is it your separation anxiety or the dog's separation anxiety? No, dogs are fine. The dog They're resilient me. animals. It, tells, it, it looks at me and goes with those puppy dog eyes and goes, where are you going? Brett, <laughs> Brett well, I'm, I am looking straight at you. Yeah, no. It leaves the dog at home. It doesn't need to sit at Nulla Nulla or the Nuns Pool or any of those fancy little places that you go down in Cronulla. It'll be fine. I don't know. What have you got? Well, I, I, I'm interested on people pretending that they've gone away and and working when they actually haven't gone away and they're working. They seem like if someone says, I've been away, I've been busy, I've been working bits and pieces, but yet they pull up lame with a hamstring injury, are they taking the PIWS, aren't they? Yeah, yeah I think that's a yeah, no. I, I absolutely think that's a yeah, no. But... Uh, yeah, there was a case where uh, I was coming back uh, yesterday, uh, but I'm waiting on a COVID test down here at uh, at Lake Conjola. Uh, but uh, there was, uh, I can reveal to the listeners of Drive that listened, and I haven't uh, divulged, hopefully uh, Trent and or Tristan at Topswater and listened to this. There was a, a small hamstring injury out on the lake yesterday given a, a single deep water start. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, now myself. Oh, I've got one if I can, okay. boys. Okay. And and this one, it's re- this one really cuts me deep. Uh, as you know, I live in a house full of 
four other blokes. And, and I know it was only a matter of time before one of us got COVID. I just didn't want it to be me. So one of our housemates, he tested positive about five days ago or whatever. And so me and my other mate, we, we haven't got a place to stay. So we've been sort of slumming it, going to any anywhere to a free home. And so last night uh, on New Year's Eve, I, I just thought about where I was in my life when I was sleeping on my mate's sort of girlfriend's couch. And I just thought, oh, no. So to my mate who brought COVID into our house. Yeah, no. Nah. Because why is the onus on me to leave? Oh, I shouldn't have to leave. He's, he and his girlfriend are now staying at the house and it's a COVID yeah. house. I, what am I meant to do? He leaves. He Absolutely. has to leave. He cleans the joint and then he and, and then he leaves. He can't be he can't bring it in and then expect you to. That's a massive yeah. No. Well, because he, he said to me, oh, because I when he he texts me saying I'm positive and, and like obviously you can't be like I'm furious with you. And I just said, mate, you've really effed me right now. I'm really I'm really effed. And and he said, oh sorry. Well, there's not really much I can do. And at that point, my blood was boiling, and I thought, you know what? I'm going home and I'm sorting this out. But yeah, yeah, nah, to housemates that bring COVID into the house because eventually you're all going to get it. Eventually, I like that. Okay, my next year, nah, oh, no, I should have brought this up. It was remiss of me not to bring this up with Trent Copeland and or Peter Laylor yesterday, but the drinks breaks in the cricket, I think, are now a yeah, nah. I think uh, the drinks break doesn't need to happen whenever someone comes out and they just bring them out a drink or a fresh set of gloves or whenever they want at the end of an over. Uh, that's what the drinks break was about. You change your gloves, you got a drink at the drinks break. That's why it was called the drinks break. So for the drinks break in test mates cricket uh, is all gone. So the drinks break is yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Well, we, we, we spoke. There, boys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because as you said, they, they don't even play for too long these days anyway. <laughs> They go for lunch, they go for snacks, they bring in drinks. Um, we were talking yesterday to the chief of the Barmy Army here in Sydney, and obviously, you know, I went to Melbourne, and, and obviously the Barmy Army liked to sing and be in character and have a bit of fun. And we saw a couple of test matches. We saw I saw on social media some beer snakes and the people walking past the crowd and coming back, and they're like, they're, yeah, one more, one more, and the cheer up. And then we go, and there was multiple people, and they're saying it's unsportsmanlike to kick people out of the MCG. There's no beer snakes allowed at the MCG and there's no little bit of fun and banter. And, you know, I know it's, you know, you're sculling some beers and bits and pieces, but it's all in the fun of going to the cricket and having a day out. So I think to the, you know, the, to the, to the fun police at the MCG. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And, uh, Back watching cricket as a kid, it was the beer snake that you saw, and also the uh, the the beach ball. They get confiscated straight away. Uh, not on, not on. My next year, nah. This is off the back of last night and the people uh, two houses down. <laughs> who, are, who, who obviously <laughs> are listening? Yeah. <laughs> the people two houses down, but it, it, it applies to a lot of people. There's a lot of responsibility in. Uh, in putting in putting your hand up and nominating yourself to be DJ of the party, there's a lot, a lot of ridicule. It's a big, it's a big thing. But to whoever the DJ was, two houses down at Lake Conjola last night, 
that every time a song came on and didn't quite get the the raucous applause or sing along that he want would change the song halfway through. You just have to wear it. If you play a bad song, you've got to let it play out. So the DJ two houses down at Lakeside Drive at Lake Conjola, it's a massive. Yeah, nah. Agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, you it, can't just you can't just change a song halfway. If you're a you DJ, you gotta let it play out. You gotta let unless you're on the decks and you're doing some mixing and there's a fade in and a fade out sort of business. But this is just off your off your Spotify, which comes up later in my yeah, nuts. Dave, if you're a DJ, you gotta ride your highs when the crowd is loving you and and you know you might you might be getting funky. How yeah. good! But if you know the yeah. crowd's not loving you, you've still got to wear it and you've still got to cop it. That's the highs and lows of show business, Dave. You've got to let it. You've got to let it play, and it, it can't all be uh, beer and skittles for that DJ. But <laughs> look, it definitely wasn't. It, he definitely wasn't on any decks. That was just purely off the uh, off the iPhone. And and I'll roll that into my next one. And this happened, uh, I'm not sure, it might have been earlier in the month. People posting their Spotify most played. I don't care. I don't care what you listen to. I, I absolutely don't care. I, I think a lot of these things, New Year's Eve has been hijacked for social media. People only do things on New Year's Eve so they can say happy 2020. No, I don't care. I'll be fine. Your Spotify playlist, I don't need to know it. So, again, probably to the person two houses down at Lakeside Drive, who probably used Spotify last night. And... Cut the songs off. Another massive yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. No, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Do you got any more there, Nod, before I uh, yeah. I reach my crescendo? Well, I, I think there's people, obviously, you know, they, they they make New Year's Eve the greatest night that potentially can be, but they're obviously going to leave all their bad things in the past and they get to that midnight and they go, in 2022, I'm going to do this. This is my New Year's resolution. So I'm so glad that we've got Nick Davies seems to have woken up on the positive side of life in 2022. <laughs> I'm going to leave all the negativity behind. I'm going to let everyone be, be their own choice and do their own things. And I'm going to start 2022 on a really positive, yeah, nah. <laughs> you can't have a positive, yeah, nah. That's the point. You can't. You, I actually did one of them once, didn't I, Gibbo? I did a, the, uh, yeah, the yeah. Matthews. We did a yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, so throughout the year, Noddy, sometimes the boys aren't here, and so you always have to sort of guide them through it. And, and I can't remember. I think, David, you were there. We had a host in, and he was just doing the yeah, yes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's it too it late now. <laughs> was it right? Oh, Russ yeah. Barwick? Yeah, I think it could have been. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> It didn't quite okay. get the concept. I, and I, I'm, I'm reaching the, my crescendo. This is the one. And I'm not sure if you guys caught it. Not a, you're, you're a little bit around social media. So you give up. This is the biggest year now of 2021. The families that dressed up in matching pajamas for Christmas photos. Seriously. <laughs> Noddy, did you do one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the dog was in there. I hope a dog was in there and we got a coffee shop. <laughs> and you changed your music halfway. Naughty, please. No, I didn't. The, thank God. I did. But the people that dressed up in matching pajamas and who thought it was a good idea and then who didn't say no to, I would have say it was the, uh, the fairer sex that thought it was a good idea. For all of those that got dressed up, went and took Christmas photos in matching pajamas, 
you win the 2021 most valuable. Yeah, nah. Agree? Agree. Say, Noddy, okay. look, mate, I, I looked yeah. at you straight away because I was thinking there might be a chance here. I, I was going to actually have a quick <laughs> yeah. scroll through Noddy's Instagram before I said it, but I thought, I agree. I, but that's the, that's the yeah, no. That's, I, I don't have any hand in the relationship. But we, <laughs> yeah. I, I did, I did, thankfully, I didn't get asked to do that then because otherwise I'd be oh, like, yeah, you would have. There it is. There's a yeah, no. If you've got a yeah, no. Call in 1300-01-1170 or text 0457-736-736. We'll read them out later in the show. 200 thanks to topsport.com.au up for grabs. Welcome back. Happy New Year to the Saturday Morning Mowers out there. And we're joined by a friend of the show uh, from Australian Lawn Fanatics who's joining us from his farm. Undisclosed. He might want to disclose where it is. But Lenny Lawler, welcome back to the Saturday Morning Mowers and happy uh, New Year. Morning, men. Morning, lawnatics everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> the I need that. Give over. We need the t-shirts. That's we we fluffed around at the back end of uh, 2021 about t-shirts, but we need we need the the lawnatics t-shirt. But Lenny, how, how how was the New Year's? How's the lawn looking? First day of the New Year. The lawn at the farm is looking pretty ordinary, and that's okay because I don't really want to spend my days out here mowing. So um, New Year's last night was spent sitting around the campfire. Um, yeah, just having having a few family members around and just catching up was good. Yeah, really nice night. I like that, Lenny. I, I want to know, and we can digress a little bit because I feel that the campfire is, you know, it, it's part of your outdoor area. And, and we spoke about earlier on in the, the year about people being protective of their outdoor furniture and all that sort of stuff and not wanting yep. to spill things. But um, I want to talk about the campfire. What makes a good campfire? How What, what do you need? Do you need a, a good base log and a little bit of kindling? What makes a good fire? Oh, mate, your kindling's got to go on the bottom. Otherwise, yep. you're never going to get it to go. But, yeah, you need a, a decent a decent base log to get get all the other logs, you know, flamed up, I suppose. You need that real big sucker to, that, that'll keep sort of smouldering away all night. Then the other logs are just, you know, fuel for the fire. Lenny, I've, I've got a problem. I, I'm... OCD. No, I've got multiple problems. Sorry, I should sort of rephrase. There's a list. I've got a problem with my yard. I've, I've, yep. I've had some new, new grass put in last year. Got it redone over summer. Top dressed it. Put it back in. Made it great. Yep. I've got two little dash hounds, right? So the problem is they, they pee in the same spot continuously. Yeah. So it's brown, and then now it looks like it's dying. So my issue. I keep. Yeah. I'm throwing seeds on it. I'm watering it. I'm trying to give it some love. So it, there's no, there's no return. It, hope is there. Essentially, essentially, dogweed is just really strong fertilizer, and eventually, as as it sort of soaks through your soil profile, it'll come back. Um, unless your dog's got some sort of nuclear wee, eventually <laughs> it'll come back. And that's why you see some lawns have got that, those little little patches that are really vibrant, vibrant green. That's where that used to be a dogweed, and it's sort of recovered. But there's no, I mean, yes. There's no sort of surefire method to, to curing it. You can change their water to filtered water. You dogs. could, you know, yeah. change their diet. You can. Some people try the dog rock type thing in their water that, that can help neutralise the acid. But essentially, the best thing to do is when they go out for a wee, follow them with a garden hose and dilute it, give it a water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I want to see that. If I want to see anything, be posted on social media. <laughs> 
Brett Kamali, I want to see one photo of you in matching with a watering can and a little watering can behind the dog. Lenny, I also do have a problem down here at Lake Kajal. We've got a nice little cricket set up here, uh, going yep. into the the back of the driveway, but we're starting to wear out the bowling crease. Uh, right. Any tips there? What can we do to sort of regenerate it? We don't want to, you know, get it bare down to the dirt. Uh, do we do we adjust where we bowl from? Uh, can, Obviously, water is yep. probably it's, not it's the best. It's a traffic issue, mate. It's a traffic issue. The only solution at this time of year is either change your wicket around a little bit or um, start your pre-season training for football. <laughs> well, I haven't been, to, to be honest, I haven't been down the bowling end a lot. I've made more runs than Joe Root over this Christmas period. But uh, the, the, people that, the people that, uh, well, he's made a lot for the year, but let's the people that have been toiling away trying to get... I think... Out. It's easy to look back in hindsight. One thing I will say is we want a variation in our attack. We wanted to be able to change the pace of the game and, and move through uh, different gears throughout throughout the innings. Um, and, you know, it's easy to say in hindsight. I think if we're being honest, um, we can't create as many chances as we did and put them down, you know. It just, we just uh, heard from Joe Root there, guys. <laughs> we just heard from Joe Root <laughs> there. It was, uh, Interjection from Joe. About, yeah. talking about how, uh, how they're trying to get me out down here at Lake Conjola, and they're, they're just dropping chances, <laughs> and they need to do it a little bit more. But, yeah, Lenny, is it just a traffic issue? And then and once we finish It's a traffic cricket, issue, mate. What's, yeah. what's, the, what's the best way to get it back once we finish playing cricket? Oh, you know, instead of going over the wicket, go around the wicket for a little while. Um, <laughs> Just give it time, mate. You can give it a little bit, bit of a poke with a with a pitchfork or something to try and stir the surface up a little bit. Because you know, if you're bowling on it, you're compacting that little area down and wearing that grass out. So just give it a little little bit of a poke around with a pitchfork and a bit of water, a little bit of fur. It'll it'll be right. It'll come good. Also, one other little problem that we got, and I think Michael Cripps yep. might actually be upstairs uh, listening. So I don't want to dob ourselves in, but we've also might have taken a couple of salmon fillets with the wedge. Uh, down the front, how can we fix uh, a little bit oh, of golf? It's just a bit of fill, yeah, just a little bit of sand, just a handful of sand, and then just smooth it out. That's that's all you can do. That, I mean, that works really well with warm season grass, but cool season grass like rides, you probably need a little bit of seed in that. But there's not a heap of heap of guys in Queensland and New South Wales running um, rye grass all the time, so. You, yeah, it'll be right. It'll you can, come good. You could probably turn around to Nick and say they probably don't take big divots out of the grass. But anyway, improve your goal. Yeah. But yeah, that, He's that not would... bloody Greg Norman, is he? <laughs> no, he, he, hey. he just talked himself up about how many runs he's been getting. Now he's the best golfer down there on the south coast as well. So <laughs> confidence, conf, confidence, confidence is lacking in the Nick Davis camp. Absolutely. <laughs> Lenny, I, I think there's no greater feeling than actually after you've cut the grass and it's – yep. Nice and short and fresh. You take the yep. take the shoes off. You got to take the shoes off, and you got to do a bit. Yeah. Of oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm happy. Absolutely, to... we we do it often. We we grab a frozen coke from Macca's and um, not a personal <laughs> sponsor, and uh, sit down on the lawn and enjoy the lawn. Yeah, we do that quite often. Lay down on it if you got no ants. Walk around barefoot. That's what it's for. Only after it's been freshly cut, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're not having any of those bloody feral dreadlock lawns around. No, we don't want that. Lenny, just another one. And you may have had this come up on the Australian Lord Fanatics uh, page. Things are starting to get yep. a little bit hot. If you start to see the, yep. the lawn just sort of start to brown off a little bit, what's the key? Do you go back out, hit it with some more of that sea soil or do you, uh, watering times? Obviously, no early morning, late at night. Give us a little bit of a help. 
You're starting to look. You've done some good stuff. Joel Kane, he, yep. he produced a beautiful lawn on Christmas Day. But if it's starting to turn, what's the keys? Uh, so you, using water and, and the efficient use of water, as you know, as our climate dries, it's, it's going to become more expensive to use water. So using it efficiently is the key. Watering very early morning is, is preferable to late, late at night or late in the afternoon. It just reduces the risk of getting a fungal disease because um, you don't want your lawn wet for extended periods. So early morning so I can dry it during the day. Uh, you can raise your cutting height a little bit, which will create a, a canopy that will shade the surface, the, the dirt surface, and that will um, lessen the amount of evaporation you get out of the, out of the drying dirt. Uh, just creating that little bit of extra shade there. But using soil wetters, um, that can save 30 to 40% of, of water usage just by using a good soil wetter. That's, that's the key. I like that. I like that because not the end, and we've spoken about it. The key is sometimes the watering, and you probably can't do it with the water because it's pretty. It's pretty obvious if you just want to get away from the partner and standing out there pretending to mo- so pretending to <laughs> water the lawn with no water coming yeah. out of the hose. So you probably can't do that. But one of the one of the scenarios that I have dished up to our mowers that if you just want to get out and you just want 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, three hours of listening to the Saturday morning mowers podcast, just jack the height up on the mower. And just pretend you're mowing. They're not going to know the difference. Yeah, a charity mow. Yep, a charity <laughs> mow. Yep. Oh, That's the key. I love that. I love that. Lenny Lawler, friend of the show from Australian Lawn Fanatics. Merry Christmas and a happy new year to you. To all the lawnatics out there, thanks for joining us. And we'll definitely have you back on probably once we get around to you know, footy season when we need to start you know, getting some goalposts and whatnot into the ground. Beautiful. Cheers, boys. Enjoy the day. That was Lenny Lawler from the Australian Lawn Fanatics and friend of the show. And Gibbo, we really do need to. And the the masses, they want the they want the t-shirt. Yeah, we need no. the t-shirt. We need the Toro. We need the top sport t-shirts. Because you know, sometimes Nick, you wait for other people to do things. Like <laughs> I'm not going to point any fingers, but uh, there are, there are people maybe in this organisation who have said, "Oh, we might we'll, we'll do shirts for you. There there might be prizes for you." And um, Nick, uh, how many shirts have you received, mate? Zero. How many prizes do you receive, mate? Zero. All right, you know what I'll do? I'll get them done. Yeah, <laughs> just like the stinger, just like the stinger. But not some good help there. Good help there with the uh, with the dog urine in that situation. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Next time you see me posting something on my Instagram, you'll see me following the dog out with the hose, shooing him along and saying, "Come on, mate, you got to move on. I got to water it in." Uh, but no, as you said, a little bit of a little bit of feedback. I am a, as I said at the start, I am a massive fan of freshly cut nice green grass so it's um it's good to get some advice you know i, I also didn't understand watering early i i you know you think by the end of the day you get the kids have gone to bed you've got time to go and relax not good for the grass no you got to get because it burns it does it not you, you, you can't have the you can't have the water there but that was lenny lawler he's our man if you need more information come just hashtag Saturday Morning Mowers. The Mowers Fraternity will help you out. Or search up uh, Australian Lawn Fanatics and Lenny Lawler. He'll have all your answers there in everything regarding lawn. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, it certainly is the uh, Saturday Morning Mowers Club starting off your 2022. I was going to say with a bang, but with with the sound of the mower, uh, no better way to start off. But Noddy, just want to, I'm not sure if you caught this the last couple of days around the socials, but Steve Smith caught in the lift 
has this happened to you? No, I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm pretty sure it has never happened. Um, I, I don't know if I'd like to be stuck in a lift. You get a bit claustrophobic, a bit, a bit hot. You know, you start to get a bit nervous. How long am I in here for? So, obviously... I reckon if we, if we, if there's a group that got stuck in the lift, you'd be the one nominated to climb out through the, climb out through the vent at the top. As long as someone would be able to lift me up, because I probably couldn't reach the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can. Who would you not like to be stuck in a lift with? I, I think if I go back to my playing days, going in, on tours or... I hope, or you say, I hope you say that there's one person from the Sharks when I was there uh, with you. There's one person from there that I would hate to be stuck in a lift with, but I'll let you go. Well, I, I think the, 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 I could call him the, the messiest roommate I've ever had, the, the, the bloke that just ate chocolate, chocolate bars in his bed and left the rappers next... He's a great big giant of a man, Jason Stevens. He certainly would make, he'd have fun in the lift, but he'd, he'd be very annoying in the lift as well, I think. And it'd I would, be comic relief for the first half hour and then he'd then be you'd going be over back it. over then the same over, material. Yeah. <laughs> and there wouldn't be a lot of room if the big fella was in there with you. But the other no. one that I would, and I'm not sure, I would hate to be stuck in a lift with Ben Pomeroy. But the great imagine being stuck in the lift with Pom. That would be disgusting. The biggest arms I think I've ever, that's exactly. ever played. The biggest arms there would I've ever be played. No ever room. <laughs> there would be no room. There'd be no room. But I've got I've got a funny a funny elevator story. Not from being stuck in it, but there and I, I hate to go back to it, but it did happen. But in uh, in the Perth Nines when I was a uh, a Sydney Roosters player, after the Nines we went out and uh, we. Uh, Went out in Perth and we got back to the hotel. And this is one of these moments where you can just see it happening in slow motion. But coming back to the hotel with Drewy Hutchinson and we've got, he's gone for his room key out of the pocket as the doors have opened and the phone has come out with it. And he's gone for the catch. Slight knock on. It was definitely a knock on uh, if we went back to the bunker. It was definitely a knock on. And it's just sort of one bounce two bounce, three bounces, and slid straight down the crack between <laughs> the lift and the the hotel. And you could just hear it. And then the best part was for the next 10 minutes, just ringing it and listening to it <laughs> at the bottom of the lift well. It was so funny. And we've gone to the, the concierge there and they're like, oh, how do we get it out? He's like, oh, mate, the lift gets serviced um, once every two weeks. So in two weeks, we'll get him to grab it out for you and we'll send you your phone back. That phone would have had 300 missed calls from us just ringing it. But uh, Gibbo, any lift stories? No, no, no lift stories per se. Oh. No lift stories per se. But I would, if I'm looking around the SEN building, a person oh. who I'd love to be stuck in the lift with It'd have to be Fletch because you just know, you know, you're going to be talking, you're going to be laughing. And he just, he always recycles the same stuff. But you know what? It's even funny the second time around. He changes it up. It's all in the delivery. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he'll change the delivery up there. But uh, have we, also, before we go to the news and we come back for the third hour, uh, a couple of texts for our uh, on the text line. Yeah, this one's from Matt. G'day, boys. Yeah, the end of an atrocious year. Nah, hair hats, Warney, Punter, and now Brett Lee. Shocking. <laughs> I don't mind that. Oh, the, that's, um... the, that's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's, no he's, he's talking about people who've 
got the wigs on. That's what I mean. Oh, it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, now for the yeah, yeah. JS has come back to us pretty disappointed that I went out to mow. Turn on all the equipment, as Nick suggested. My other neighbour's already mowing. So I've gone the trump card and fired up the bagpipes. Wow. <laughs> no one needs that early on a New Year's Day. <laughs> Lol. Thank you, JS, for that. Well done, JS. That's a yeah and a half. Of, and the neighbours are mowing. Make sure that you spread the gospel, JS. Get across to that neighbour. Let him know about the Saturday morning mowers and he can tune in to the third hour. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Welcome back to the third hour of the Saturday Morning Mowers. And this is a good get. This is a good get. Friend of the show and uh, Trey Wingo, our US correspondent. And when you're talking about going above and beyond the call of duty and not quite understanding international dates and timelines, Gibbo. <laughs> we have got Trey Wingo, uh, I believe, from Hawaii. And it's potentially, is it 2 o'clock in the afternoon on New Year's Eve there, Trey? That is 100% correct. How are my good friends in Australia today? We are good. We are good. We are basking in the glory of New Year's Day. The, the sun hasn't come up a different colour. The world is still the same uh, in the same mess that it was yesterday. So hopefully things can, uh, you guys in Hawaii can, uh, you guys in Hawaii can, can shift the narrative as our friend Joel Kane would say. But how are New Year celebrations kicking off in Hawaii? Uh, very mellow at the moment. I'm, I'm currently playing a horrible round of golf, but the good news is there's just about 30 miles an hour worth of wind and a massive rainstorm is coming. So that will really make the game be better. Just hit it along the ground like my friend here, Brett Kamali does. But, uh, <laughs> Trey, I want to start, and this, and for people that do or do not know, but I believe that uh, this man and, and his computer game, John Madden, was the introduction of, of NFL to a lot of people here in Australia through uh, his exploits and the great PlayStation and Xbox game, uh, Madden Football, uh, was tragically lost uh, this week, and, and obviously... My team, uh, Raiders former Raiders coach. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was a shock. It was uh, not something you know he wasn't ill. He just died suddenly at the age of eighty five. And the thing I always tell people about John is you need to understand it's really cool if you have one Hall of Fame career in your life. He had three. Uh, I mean, as a football coach, he won over a hundred games in the NFL, and his winning percentage was seventy six percent. So he won three quarters of the games that his teams played. And he won a Super Bowl title, Super Bowl eleven, with the Raiders taking down the uh, the Vikings, thirty-two to fourteen. So then he stopped doing that and became the greatest broadcaster uh, and an analyst of football games that I believe we've ever had in this country. And because he was so good at that, he then, like you said, became the voice of the Madden video game, which got everybody playing it. So he had not one, but two, but three Hall of Fame careers. And just to show you how good he was as a broadcaster alone, at one time he was the lead broadcaster for the four biggest networks in this country, CBS, Fox, NBC, and ABC. At one point he was the lead guy for each one of those networks. That's how good he was. Yeah, amazing the, the story and the success he's had. Trey, did you have any dealings, I suppose, with John Madden close up where you can share some experiences about what made him so great, as you said, as a commentator and as a coach? And then as the voice of NFL in 
on, on, on games. Yeah, he just he, he made it fun, you know, like he brought the fat guys back into the game, the offensive and defensive <laughs> linemen. He used terms like slobber knocker, you know, and, and every time there was a big hit, he'd yell, boom, just like that. And uh, he, One of his great quotes of all time was, the road to Easy Street goes through the sewer, which is a nice way of saying you got to get down and get in the muck and the mud if you want to be successful. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had a few interactions with him over the years. I was there uh, hosting the Hall of Fame ceremony the year he got inducted. And he didn't have the best speech, but I'm not sure anybody had more fun giving that speech uh, than John did that year. He was absolutely amazing, and uh, he had a great line about uh, about the Hall of Fame. He said, "You know, whenever when the lights go out at night, all these buffs get up and talk to each other." And uh, it was just really cool. He made the game interesting. He made it fun. He made you want to be a part of it. You know. Yeah, and Trey, and and through his game, uh, I'm not sure you. I'm sure at at some stage in your life. Anyone has, has had the uh, the Madden NFL game. Some of the uh, Raiders vertical is my number one play that I, I use at the moment. Derek Carr just throws it to Darren Waller up the seam and I score flat out And when I'm playing Madden at the moment. But I, I read somewhere this week that it took years for them to, to get the production right of, of the game because he was so... He wanted it to be yeah. so realistic. He wasn't happy with the way that it was produced. And finally, they came up with a game that, look, has been a, a, a stable of, of gamers for a long time. He created an industry. I mean, like, video games really didn't exist before Madden. And uh, th- that's the, the, the thing that is so unique about him is that he he just was, like, he, he was every man in, in so many ways, but he was also... He, he did it in a way where he didn't feel like you were talking down to you or it wasn't fake. It was just his natural enthusiasm about football and his energy that I think people really related to. And uh, I just don't think there'll ever be another broadcaster like, like him because now you, you do that and people say, well, you're trying to be the next John Madden and there's never going to be another, another John Madden. His, his, uh, it just he was so real and so honest and and the other thing is you know, we talk about how jovial he was but before the NFL was even admitting that there was a link between fo- playing football and concussions and head injuries and all that kind of stuff there are clips of John talking during a game it was a it was a one i can remember off the top of my head was a playoff game between the Vikings and the Giants and Jim McMahon was on the sidelines dealing with a concussion and John said you know i believe that if a guy's concussed, he should not return to the game and he probably shouldn't play next week. And he said, you know, a boxer gets knocked out and he has to stay out of the ring for 30 days. But these guys get a head concussion or a concussion and head trauma and we put them in uh, two plays later. He said, I, I don't think that's right. And he was way ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, way ahead of the curve on that. And I suppose for, for a lot of sports now, we've got better understanding of the concussion and what can do. Give us an NFL update at the moment. What's happening over there in America? Um, we're just trying to get through this season <laughs> and get to the playoffs because we are, let me tell you, you guys know too, we are moving those COVID protocols to suit what we need to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think last week they had 400 players test positive and we had all of 262 last year in what was supposed to be the COVID season. So uh, the NFL is in a sprint to just get this thing to the goal line and get to the postseason. They have changed the protocols and updates at least three times in the last few weeks just to make sure that we get where we need to go. Trey, do you think that that's going to be the case, that two weeks away from the playoffs, 
it's going to be the the healthiest team has the best opportunity. We've seen the Chiefs have got onto a run. Buccaneers have had a bit of a blip. Uh, they've got injuries. Uh, is it going to be the, the side that's injury-free and COVID-free has got the best shot at winning this uh, NFL title? Well, yeah, listen, every year the injuries play a huge factor. Like, for example, last year in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs became the first team in Super Bowl history to start week one with two different tackles than the, that started in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were that offensive line was devastated, and that was a big part of why Tampa Bay was able to just absolutely destroy them. So that's always going to be a big part of it. The COVID thing is going to be interesting come playoff time because obviously once you get rid of, you know, so many teams that aren't involved, I think you have a better chance to try and sort of protect uh, those teams that are still remaining in the postseason. But, you know, it's going to be a thing. Like like uh, Kirk Cousins is unvaccinated, and he's he's out this week for the Minnesota Vikings. Carson Wentz may be able to play, depending on what his situation is, because they changed the protocols. But the Colts right now are probably playing better, as well as anybody except Kansas City, and they may be without their starting quarterback in a huge game this weekend because of the COVID Just- issue. So it's it's going to wreak havoc with everything. Yeah, just on the Colts, uh, how does it sit with you? I, I, I believe and I, I know that the, the MVP is a quarterback's award and, and our man Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if we could, if the NFL would give it to him with what he's done this year, but he's playing pretty some pretty good football. Yeah. But Jonathan Taylor, any, any chance, would you be happy to see uh, the running back for the Indianapolis Colts be awarded the MVP? Because he not only has been the MVP on the field, but he's winning a lot of people a lot of fantasy games. Oh, absolutely. He should be included. Now, I, I don't know if he'll win it because, like you said, it's just it's become a thing where we just give it to the best quarterback on the best team every year. But if you if you believe the V in MVP stands for valuable, here's the case for Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has nine 100-yard games. The Colts have won each one of those games. The Colts have nine wins. Okay? So if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play well, they don't win. I, I don't know how you define valuable more than that. I'll throw another name in there, valuable, Cooper Cup. Where does he sit? Behind Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, uh, probably. Um, and Cooper Cup may finish the season with 150 catches, which has never happened. The record is Michael Thomas a couple years ago at 149. But, you know, Cooper's going to have close to 2,000 receiving yards. He's going to have uh, probably 15, 16 touchdowns, and he may have 150 catches. Um, Cooper Cup has absolutely been phenomenal, but – I don't know if if, uh, if he's going to be considered for the MVP. I think I think Taylor's ahead of him. Uh, and just coming into the playoffs, there's a few teams there on the bubble in the in the race for the for the wild card. And, and probably the one of the interesting stories that I've I've seen is the Miami Dolphins have set the record for the most consecutive losses in a year seven and consecutive wins in the year seven. Can the Dolphins scrape into the playoffs? Well, right now they have the seventh seed, and here's the funniest thing about the Dolphins, okay? Say so they started one and seven. No team in NFL history has ever started one and seven and made the playoffs. But, as you mentioned, they have a seven-game winning streak. That seven-game winning streak took place in the months of November and December. Since the NFL and the AFL merged in 1970 to form the NFL as we know it, every team, every team that's had a seven-game winning streak in November and December has made the playoffs. So either way, the Miami Dolphins are going to do something that's never happened before. Either they'll start one and seven and be the first team to do that and make the playoffs, or they'll miss the playoffs despite having a seven-game winning streak in November, December, which has also never happened in the current NFL structure. You talk with the NFL about uh, obviously changing COVID protocol. Obviously, the NBA are going through their own little drama and, and challenge as well, I suppose, with, with where they're at in their competition. Oh, it's, yeah, it's brutal. In fact, uh, 
I think like one third of the rest in the league also have COVID right now. <laughs> so, uh, the, I mean, it's, they're having to call up people from the G League. I, I will tell you this. Uh, I don't think Adam Silver has no intentions of stopping the season again like he did last year. Uh, the NHL is having all kinds of issues because Canada is way stricter about what they allow and what they don't allow. And uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. They've already, the NHL's already pulled out of the Olympics because they've lost so many games. They don't have, they're not, they're not going to be able to take that three week break that they would normally do when the NHLers uh, go play in the Olympics. But you know, the NBA is going to try and find a way to muddle through this thing as well. It's, it's just a convoluted mess right now. Yeah, if you're six foot four and you own a set of Jordans, you're a good chance of uh, <laughs> walking past a, a basketball facility. You're a good chance of uh, of getting yourself on a roster for ten days, aren't you? Absolutely. Just one thing, we spoke earlier in the year in in the NBA, and and I remember you said the NBA doesn't start these games. So yeah, they're important, but. The NBA doesn't start. Look, there's still plenty of games left left to go. But how are teams positioning themselves? Everyone sort of from around is looking at it. probably the most hyped team uh, and the most scrutinised team are the Lakers. Uh, how are they looking? Uh, is LeBron happy with everyone there? Are they going to see the season out as this roster or are they going to try and make some changes? Well, I think they'll make some changes, but... The bottom line is the, the that do, that trio that they thought was going to be great has been a disaster, with Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and and, and Anthony Davis. Now Davis is hurt now, and that cr- creates another issue entirely. Um, but you know the Russell Westbrook thing was just a it's, it's been a disaster, an absolute disaster. So I, I listen, it's a long season, but the Lakers, as they are currently constructed, uh, don't seem like much of a threat to anybody right now. No, I I, I agree. I think they need to to make some moves and, and, and what it was. But, Trey, we'll let you go. Uh, if you want to give us your best Jim Nance impersonation and, and talk us through your next shot while you're uh, while you're on the phone, we're all good for that. It, that, that would make just absolutely outstanding radio. Well, let's, let's do this now. Well, Tony, he's got a cross breeze from 154 <laughs> yards away. Uh, the wind has picked up a little bit and the rain is dropping, which means it's going to have to power through uh, the moisture in the air, it's going to be close, but the pin is tucked to the left side of the green. Oh, he's put it on, and it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely, and we don't know the absolute difference. You've probably hit it 300 metres left. But <laughs> Trey Wingo, thanks for joining <laughs> Probably. Uh, US, <laughs> US correspondent. All right, guys, take all care. NFL. Enjoy your New Year's over there in Hawaii, and hopefully uh, we'll get you back on the show uh, very, very soon. But, uh, Let's, uh, we'll go for a break, Gibbo, I think. And any more – have we got any more texts, any more Yenas? We'll come back to it after the break, though, yes. Nick. But I, I just want to say, I know Trey might still be on the line, but thank you very much. I put my hand up and made a big mistake about the time differences. I, I told him 8 a.m. Hawaii time because yesterday when I was doing the sums, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> I call him up. And usually when you, you, know, you get people on, they're going to answer their phone. I don't get an answer. And Trey's a professional. He knows. I look at the time and it's 2 p.m. in the afternoon on Christmas Eve and I'm thinking, oh, wait a second. New Year's Eve. How am I going to tell the boys that um, you know, our prize interview has uh, just fallen through the cracks? But, hey, thank you very much, Trey. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll come back with a few yeah and ahs after the break. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. We are back for the Saturday morning mowers, and we have topped the rise at Ramwick. We are on the home straight. 
we are absolutely hands and heels and about to pull the persuader, but my great mate, uh, and Gibbo did a little bit of research. He came across another program somewhere where Lord Sir Tristan Merlihan is being called Lord somewhere else. Are you giving yourself your own nickname on some of your other uh, outlets? <laughs> oh, I, I just give what uh, what the people offer, uh, Nick. <laughs> like I, I can only, I can only. You haven't, you haven't accepted some I'm, of the nicknames I've called you in the past. <laughs> no, well, Gibbo's Gibbo's on very good terms with him, but he's got the mute button ready to hit whenever you start sort of speaking uh, speaking ill of me. Unfortunately, if if he hit it too often, we wouldn't have much of a show because it seems like that's a pretty regular. As as, as Noddy picked up, I, you know, straight away, straight off the bat, New Year, yeah. it's just just it just carried on from last year. But it's great. It's uh, we'll, we'll we'll get a bit of revenge. I'm looking forward to listening in, uh, giving my constructive criticism on moving the chains this week as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Have is there been a track upgrade in your world at the moment from the heavy nine? No, there definitely has, and and I've I've always been someone that really revels in other people's misery. And um, the thing that really spruiked up my spirits was when I got my t- a text message from my lovely wife about half an hour ago, and she said it is the worst hangover of her <laughs> long, long, long life. She's a lot older than me, so it was uh, it was a great result when I uh, when I saw that, and it's immediately popped me up to the good range. If she's listening to the show and all the podcasts, because I know she does, she might not have a long, long, long life left. <laughs> <laughs> no, she lies. She, uh, luckily, I don't think she's capable of uh, tuning in right at the moment, so I think I'm safe. Well, let's get down to business. Let's talk odds. We'll uh, we'll recap the Ashes odds. Let's have a. Has there been? Uh, we we spoke early in the show. A dollar eighty Australia. Um, do we still think that's yeah good odds? They are, yeah. Dollar eighty Australia, eight fifty the English. I still reckon they're they're the good the good options. Two thirty eight the draws firmed up even harder. I think that's uh, way under the odds considering the circumstances. Jeez, the guys have got two hundred eighty five markets up and since we last spoke, so we've got a stack of options there. Um, high back could be an interesting one for the Aussies. Obviously, uh, Travis Head is out of the side, so it'll be interesting who comes in. I know you were speaking to the great Copes there earlier about who he thinks, and he was pushing up. Uh, Kawaja's case. So, Labashane's a 3.75 favourite. This is for the first innings, of course. Steve Smith four dollars, Davy Warner four twenty, and then Usman at seven dollars. Marcus Harris eight fifty after putting a few runs up on the board there last innings, and Cam Green twelve. So, looking at England, I think this is one of the shortest price high bats we've seen in a test for a while. With Joe Root at three dollars, David uh, Darwin Milan at four dollars, extras at five dollars fifty. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I did notice that on Twitter somewhere where they went through the top English run scorers for the year, and it was Joe Root on 1,700, Burns on 500, and Extras came in third at 412. Yes, no, it's uh, that's like the opposing uh, opposing indoor team when I'm bowling. The Extras get a good run in, in that scorecard as well. Let's go. Uh, let's talk racing. Uh, obviously, everything, all roads heading to the Magic Means and, uh, and the Gold Coast, but an important meeting at Doombin today. Yeah, important meeting at Doomba today. We've got the Magic Man Shootout, which is one of the features uh, where Humboldt Current is $4 into three sixty. I've got a little share in number seven, Smart Meteor. It's been a big go as well. Six fifty dollars into $4 been in very good form this prep. It flew home last start. Jaden Lloyd probably didn't give it the best run um, and hopefully learns he's, he, uh, Muncie's given him another shot there out of barrier one. I think it's going to be very, very tricky to beat on the quick backup. And then the Vaux Rogue Plate, the next, the next race on the card where... 
Chi Honka is a 2.10 into a dollar 90. It's in very very good form. Three out of its last four wins. Uh, we've also got the Perth Cup on today as well over in Ascot. Uh, no Willie Pike over there as we know. So the uh, the favourite in that race sees number 12 Midnight Blue 4.40 into 3.60 with Patrick Carberry taking the ride. And, uh, and then it's a pretty even field away from that. We've got plenty of options with Pure Devotion, Stafford's Lad, both at the $7 mark. And then the one that's been backed, number three, Nuvbosk, is $13 into $9.50. Um, Watsy, one of our good mates, Sowie's really good friends and co-host up there in Queensland. He's been tipping this up for a long time. And uh, it's uh, out of barrier three, going to get a good ride from Brad, Brad Parnham. I think $9.50 might be a good each-way bet there in the cup. We look at Flemington, mate. We've already had two races with the extreme weather down there today. They've brought the races forward. We've had races one and two. The back at handicap, obviously, uh, it's a it's a good race for the stayers. Yeah, good race for for the stayers. Smoke and Romans, who's in very very consistent form, and uh, and and looked a non winner there a couple of uh, runs back, but came bursting in, into form there last start. Two twenty five into two fifteen. Short price favourite Jamie Carr back in the saddle. Uh, it's going to be very, very tricky to beat. So it, it looks a good good card of racing. As you say, there's some hot weather over there. We've got race three coming up in five minutes where there's been a really, really strong push at big odds for number 19, Gracious Amigo, $26 into 19. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really uh, really good card of racing. It's going to be you know good racing in Flemington, Sydney as well. We've got a good meeting there in Sydney. And, and then we've got Brizzy and, uh, and, and Belmont, as you say. So probably Trent's tip of the day. If you're looking for something to find late in the day, race nine, number eight, Kanazawa. It's, uh, it's been well back $6 into three ninety. I think it'd be very tough to beat. It won its only run out of the James Cumming Yard, and I, I think it'll, it'll be likely to go two for two. Is that in Sydney, buddy? Sydney, yes. Sydney, Randwick, race nine, number eight. Beautiful. And just a quick one, in, a lot of people like to bet into the futures markets and, and Noel was talking about the two, the Magic Means and Cool and Gatto. Is there anything there at some value that you think if it wins or runs well will shorten up? Uh, are there any sort of futures value bets out there that, you, uh, that you've cast your eye on? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Just because we had to pull the races down early with those Fleming ones starting just before. Yeah. They were the winner of that race that won the opener, Laticea. Lat- if you could have got on that before the before the uh, first race, it was 300 to one. It's going to be a lot shorter now. It's um, we, we've just pulled the market as we're sort of re recalibrating everything. But yeah, if if the three-year-old, for example, if you look at the three-year-old market, the the favourite Jamia is six dollars favourite. King of Sparta six dollars fifty. If you can see something there that uh, like look, looking at She Honker, it's obviously short today. It's it's a dollar ninety and it's fourteen dollars in the guinea. So if you feel it's a perfect lead up sort of race now, two weeks before the the big day at the Gold Coast. So if you think it's going to get the job done, you probably could do worse than having something on the fourteen dollars about that in the three year old for a fortnight's time. Now on the Saturday morning Mowers Club, it's time for Nick's stupid multi. What are you stupid? What's the matter with you? Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is stupid does, sir. It is stupid multi-time, and I'm not going to go too stupid today. I'm going to, I want to collect, and I want to collect today. And I'm, they're probably stupid, actually. I'm going to take the Brisbane Heat in the BBL game against the Hobart Hurricanes. Going against McDermott, who scored hundreds for fun, but, um, Time runs out. So are we going to take the Brisbane Heat at $2.37, I think, in a T20 game? That's not bad odds with Chris Lynn in your side. I'm happy to go with him. 
And I'll stick with the home side, the Sydney Sixers, at $1.47 to take on the Melbourne Renegades. So I, I want to start off with, I think, something not too stupid and just to collect in the kitty. Yeah, well, that gets us to 3.48. It's a little push down to uh, down to mid-off and, and quick, quick run through for a quick yep. single. Hopefully we can put some uh, put some cash into the kitty. Absolutely. I'll put 100 on that. Uh, for the uh, for the charity account there, it's up to eighteen hundred and sixty-seven. We'll have Ooh. to work out whether we want to throw that in now or we just keep it rolling into the new new year. But there's been a, been a few wins over the course of the the season. I'm looking forward to seeing what Noddy comes up with because um, he's filling the big shoes of our man Adam Peacock. And obviously condolences to him and his family on the the news from the week ahead. But be interesting uh, what what Noddy can come up with. Well, we can either go with the races today because I'm in a little punters club with Sugar Sugar Cane, so I could go throw his tip into it. So we go Melbourne race five, right, number treat, five. Treat, treat as a scratching. And, <laughs> and then we could add it to Sydney race nine, number eight. So you get lots of lots of value there with you guys. But I'm going to go a bit of a futures one here. I'm, I'm Again, staying with rugby league theme, obviously. Um, can I, uh, I go Storm the Mr. Top Four. I think we went through this yesterday. Ooh. Storm the Mr. Top Four. New South Wales to win State of Origin. Australia to win World Cup. And now because you're your partnership with the Gold Coast Titans, I'm going to make Jaden Campbell... The leading try scorer Ooh. in season twenty twenty two. We'll we'll get yeah, a, well, we'll, we'll get a, we'll, do that. we'll get a collect about November next. Well done, Noddy. If we if we win that, we're not going to have a radio show, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, if if we do win that, you, you you we might have to throw the uh, funds into into upgrading the sponsorship to the to the spot on the centre of the jersey because yeah. that that'll be about a million dollar yeah. payout. It'll be a very impressive uh, impressive result there. What, uh, what are we going? We want Melbourne to miss the top four. Yeah. New South Wales to win the Origin. Yep. Australia um, win the World Cup. Australia win the World Cup. I assume we're talking soccer. No, we don't talk soccer with Adam. We don't talk soccer with Adam. And I'm looking forward to the A-League kicking off this year too. (laughs) Australia with the Rugby League World Cup and Jaden Campbell to be the top try scorer for the Rugby League. Well, we'll we'll put 100 on that. And as I said, if... if, If that one gets a result, I'll, I, the, the the track will be significantly downgraded at my end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Sir Tristan Melahan, thank you for joining us. Uh, happy New Year, buddy. Uh, looking forward to another big year on Saturday morning, mowers uh, moving the chains. All of our uh, all of our ventures there, but obviously anyone out there, if you want the best odds and the best multis, download the topsport.com.au app. They are the home of the best multis. Gamble responsibly and download today. Tristan, enjoy the track upgrades as the day, go, as the day goes on and enjoy walking through the front door when you get home. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Uh, all the best for the rest of the show. Good luck for a big year. And, yeah, looking forward to uh, a big involvement in the year ahead. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I will try to slip in nice and quietly when I get home tonight. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, I'm in, in Ash is already in bed by the time I get home. Let's hope so, buddy. Maybe just take a power rate home for her as well. But that's Tristan Melhan. As I said, we do uh, appreciate our sponsors, Top Sport and Toro Mo- Mowers, whether you need to trim, trim, blow, cut or mow. Toro Mowers have one for you and topsport.com.au. After the break, we'll be joined by Jaden Cripps to talk all things golf. Sports biggest moments called play-by-play from around the world right here on SEN. Making SEN news this hour. New South Wales ambulance workers grappled with a 126-year high number of emergency calls on New Year's Eve. This comes as New South Wales recorded another rise in COVID-19 cases with Yen. 
We are back. Thank you to Toro Mowers. Whether you need to trim, blow, cut or mow, Toro have a mower for you at topsport.com.au. Home of the best multis. Get Download the app today. And as I walked around the house this morning and I received a rundown from Gibbo and I could see that there was a bit of a half an hour gap in the show uh, later on. Uh, I did the rounds of the uh, of the house at Lake Anjola. And the first person, I'll be honest, the first person I went to was... Lisa Cripps, because I wanted her to have an opportunity, a, a right of reply. As I mentioned earlier on in the in the year, that Lisa got herself a brand new outdoor setting, and we were it was there just to look at. We weren't allowed to sit on it. We weren't allowed to eat food on it. We weren't allowed to drink on it. Uh, she took the pillows inside, uh, but she declined. Um, Brett Cripps is going to start the mower up, so he's busy preparing for that. Uh, but I did find my young friend here, PGA professional and water ski instructor, uh, Jaden Cripps. He joins me from the pontoon and jetty down the front of the lake house. Good morning, Jaden. Hello, boys. How are you going? Happy New Year. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> do we, do um, we want to start? Yeah. Do, we want, do we want to address the elephant in the room? Because you are on the boat. You're observing the, uh, the, the accident yesterday morning. Uh, there was a, a, a tragic water ski. Oh, it's not tragic because it wasn't. There was no one was injured, but there was a uh, a water skiing uh, incident yesterday. Do we want to uh, just address the elephant in the room before we start talking golf? Well, it was all going to plan. Um, you got up to start, and then you fell down, and then we went. Oh, we'll give him another go on the single ski to get him out of the deep, and then you're up pretty much, and then all of a sudden the sniper got you from the bush, and it was all over Red Rover. <laughs> I've been looking over in the bushes. I can't find the sniper. I absolutely That's cannot a, find. But when the I same find one it, that got me, it was the same one that got me barefooting a couple of days ago. That's true. That was quite some. That was some interesting gymnastics. But mate, it's been interesting. Uh, the obviously COVID has impacted sport a lot, and the mainstream sports uh, that are, that are there: yeah, league, AFL, uh, cricket, uh, the American sports, uh, the. PGA Tour has gone ahead. The European Tour has gone ahead, but there's been some uh, some times for you know the PGA professionals of Australia like yourself have been finding it hard to get games of golf in and trying to earn some cash. Yeah, look, it's been pretty difficult for everyone um, who's trying to play to make a living. Um, from about oh, June, July, as everyone knows, we got locked down, uh, and then we had a massive break. And fortunately enough, back oh, probably. Early December, um, we got some confirmation that it was going to be, or November, there was going to be some events going ahead. So we've had a pretty uh, full-on finish to the end of the year. And then the next few months are going to be pretty full-on as well. Um, well, lucky enough for the PJ and Gulf of South Wales, we've got the regional qualifying events, um, which go towards the New South Wales Open. Um, there's some pretty big events, all 50 granders, which helps. Um, and then all the tour events are starting to come back. We've got the Queensland, uh, Queensland PGA, the Oz PGA. Um, New South Wales Open, Vic Open, and all the TPS events, which is good. Um, give some cash into everyone's uh, pockets again. I, I suppose even Jaden, the ability to to play more than even trying to earn money. I suppose that's what the the biggest challenge, or not the biggest challenge, the biggest reward's going to be is get out there and get pay into competitive golf again. Yeah, I mean, with being locked down to your local LGAs in New South Wales and Victoria and stuff like that. Um, I mean, in Victoria, you couldn't actually move, but New South Wales will allowed to go um, to golf if you're in your uh, member of the local LGA club, which I was lucky enough to be at Cronulla. Um, but yeah, as you said, just getting back and playing, you can practice as much as you want, but actually playing competitive golf is hard enough as it is. 
So getting back in that competitive spirit and, and getting amongst it with everyone again um, is going to be fun, uh, especially with all the top players being home, like Jordan Zunick, uh, Dean Lawson's back home now, Blake Windred, who's had a, a ripper finish to 2021. Um, same with Geordie. It's, um, it's going to be good fun. Mate, the uh, the first tournament back uh, of the new year is Queanbeyan in uh, in a few days. I think it starts on the sixth. What's the road to the the New South Wales Open, which is Concord Golf Course in March? Um, so we've got Queanbeyan Open, which is sixth and seventh, uh, and then we go up to Coffs Harbour. Uh, sorry, down Maria, uh, which is the thirtieth and thirty first, and then late February we go Coffs Harbour and then up to Tweed Heads, uh, which will finish off the qualifying series. And then the New South Wales Open, I think it's the 17th to the 21st or 17th to the 20th of March uh, at Concord, which is always a good one. Uh, it's one of the biggest ones of the year. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty sure everyone will be keen for that. It'll, uh, it'll be a good good couple of months ahead. And then I think hopefully we can finish off the WA Open and WAPGA in Northern Territory, which was supposed to be in August last year, uh, which got pushed back. So... Hopefully everything can finish off well and, and get a, a new season going into the next summer of golf. Jaden, you obviously played a bit of golf with Nick and he Ted put some divots in the backyard there yesterday. Obviously, I've had a hit with you. So who's the better golfer out of Nick or I? Or who do you enjoy playing um, better with? <laughs> if you're going up, his, lo- his longest day form wasn't too crash hot. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's like you and me, Nod, we hit it about the same distance and then Davo puts it 40 past. So it's hard to hard to keep up. Um, oh, you put me on the spot here. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go with Nod just because he's straight. Well, you're about to walk up the hill and walk straight into me, so that was a stupid. Answer. Yeah. Oh. If you are, oh. if you are short of golf balls, Noddy, I will confess there are a couple of tailor-made TP5s out on Captain Cook Drive. If you want to, uh, if you want to go yeah. ahead and grab them, you can get some of those. But yeah, Jaden, talking you know, golf. And the Australian Australian Open golf being cancelled due probably, I would assume, to the lack of internationals being able to, to get over. Do you think that that was a missed opportunity to really showcase the, the local talent that are here um, on the on television without the without the internationals coming over? Oh, 100%. Uh, I couldn't agree more. They're, they've, I mean, it, it's disappointing that they won't back their local talent um, to get money through the door I guess for broadcasting and stuff like that I mean as Noddy knows Nathan Barbieri he's one of the, the young talents coming through along with Windred Blake Windred and Justin Warren who's just got his contrary uh, to a card and conditional status and you got and you got Dimmy who's home Lincoln Ty Jordan Zunick like it's just you got all these top players that are not going to be able to get a, a go um, because of international travel restrictions which is pretty disappointing for everyone not only yeah. the top players, but anyone who was going to get a, a shot at qualifying as well. And you got the people that got their, their tour card at the start of the year uh, through Q School and then not going to be able to play the, the Aussie Open, which is, I mean, the Aussie PGA and the Aussie Open, they're the ones you want to be playing in. So it's pretty disappointing, yeah. The Aussies, the Aussies have been going pretty well uh, on both the European and the PGA Tour. Uh, who who would you say who's the next one of any of the uh, of the boys and, and all the ladies? Um, one one person who I cannot wait to see seriously. She can play outstanding golf. Longest day ambassador Grace Kim. Seriously, she is a, yeah. a magnificent golfer. If, uh, wait for her to uh, get anywhere near the LPGA Tour. Have you have you played around? Have you seen her hit it? Um, I played at Dubbo, and she played with Peter Lonard in the first round. He said. 
I think she shot seven under or something like that, and she didn't get out of second gear. So she's pretty impressive. Uh, and then Minwoo as well. Um, he's just come out of the out of the gates, just absolutely pumping. He, he won Scottish Open, um, and he's in the top fifty in the world, I think now. So he's killing it. Um, obviously, Cam Smith, he's just there every year, killing it as well. But I think yeah, Justin Warren and Blake Windred are the ones to watch coming through. Um, Blake just won the Vic PGA, and then Justin obviously got his contrary tour card, which would be great for him. He's at an absolute mile, so he'll go good over in the US. And um, yeah, I hope the the Aussies just come out firing uh, this year in Europe and the US. Mate, thanks for joining us from uh, down on the wharf. If you can, uh, I've got 15 minutes left on the show. If you could wrestle me up some lunch, that'd be. Uh... That'd be great. But that was uh, actually, it was uh, Jaden Cripps, uh, PGA Tour member. Uh, and it's important, the, the local golf. And I think, Jaden, while you're still there, how much, and, and you would know just from um, like working and being around the golf industry, how much it did actually boom through COVID and the interest in, in golf and what happened in the last 12 months. Oh, golf's absolutely pumping. Um, when I was working in the shop, uh, my boss was comparing it to the Greg Norman era. Um, so it's absolutely booming at the moment. Stock's hard to get. So if you can't get stock in, there's obviously people are frustrated, but it just shows how how booming golf is at the moment, how much interest there is, um, whether it be the competition aspect or the social aspect. It's rife. Um, golf clubs are trying to put waiting lists on because there's so many members wanting to join, which is obviously a good and a bad thing. But, I mean, for the sport itself, everyone's talking about golf, getting into golf. It makes it more of a young person's game compared to what it was 10 years ago, I guess. Um, so more people that get into it, the better. And more girls and ladies that get into golf, the better too. We always want that to happen. So I agree. I, think, um, I agree. So anyone out there, year. any of our listeners, if you're, if you're in the Queanbeyan area, Maria, or you can get out to the New South Wales Open at Concord, get out and support our local golfers. It's an industry that's been booming. Jason, Jason's come out. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if, you do, if the girls do want to go watch something, I think Grace Kim's playing all the New South Wales uh, Open qualifiers, so that'll be one you can go out and watch her. Beautiful. Thanks, buddy. And, and uh, let's make sure Nick Davies gets a bit tougher and gets back on the water today. <laughs> Give us an update on that later mate, next time, Jaden, as well. I do not want to be carrying him out of the water, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. That's enough for you. You can go now. <laughs> <laughs> time for a break here on Saturday morning, Mowers. Jace Matthews is on uh, After Us on Sports Central. We'll have a quick chat to him before we wrap up the show. Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. We're, uh, we've switched race courses. We've topped the rise at Randwick and now we're at the Clock Tower at Flemington where the home, the winning post is in sight and the man who's going to take over from, over from us uh, at Sports Central is Jason Matthews who is joining us now. Jace, Happy New Year, buddy. Yeah, happy new year to you boys as well. How'd you go? Did you just have a big one? I mean, Noddy would have. Very mature, Jace. So I remember 20 years ago, or nearly 21 years ago, I was tucked under the wing by a very experienced radio host on Central Coast at CFM, I think it was, and Jason Matthews was a leader of me. So I've, I've had you as a role model my whole life, my whole adult life, sorry. So, but I was, in, I was in bed before the fireworks went off at midnight last night. I was very well behaved. So Noddy had to have a little nod nod. Uh, yeah, me too. It was a quite as you get older, it's just boring, isn't it? Plus, I'm I'm working out of our Gold Coast studio today, and it's absolutely pelting down. 
Like, it's, it's been the worst weather. I feel sorry for everyone who's left quarantine or, you know, lockdown and said, let's go to the Goldie. It'll be great. It's poured every day since Christmas Day. Yeah, perfect. Uh, beautiful one day. Perfect. And there's Jace, what's coming up on the show? Who have you got? Oh, plenty. Uh, I'm, I'm dragging Scott Sattler out of holidays. He's going to join. We're going to do uh, our sporting predictions for 2022. Boys, have you got one off the top of your head? Uh, go, you go, Nod. I think the Melbourne Storm will miss the top four. We'll keep it rugby league related. I think that, that's a that's not that's a non that's not successful probably for the Melbourne Storm belief. Oh, it'd be interesting what Scott Sattler comes up with because he obviously can come up with some very left field. Just 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 remind. What about him. what about boys? The Sea Eagles to win the premiership. That sounds biased, Jace. That sounds very biased. I'm going to go with the Sharks to make the top four. There's Jeez, Nick, that's it. That, that's Nick being very courageous and backing the team. How do you do that when you actually get paid by the Roosters, Nick? <laughs> well, I, I didn't say they were going to win it. I didn't say they were going to win it. I didn't say we're going to look after my home patch in the Shire. Yeah. But uh, if you ask me who's going to win, it will be the Chooks. Uh, there's my other prediction. Nick Davis let go by the Roosters in uh, 2022 <laughs> yeah, yeah. for supporting Sharks. Uh, we're going to talk uh, NBL. Uh, Brett Phillips, of course, the ATK, ATP Cup kicks off today. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy Nelson's got some tips for us as well. He, he's up and down a bit. Uh, and Delisa Apps, is, we're going to talk about cricket as well and what's going on with COVID and, and also what's happening in, in the world of test cricket too. Geez, the Poms are terrible, aren't they? What do you think they what do they do? Do they wield the axe? They've got no one. They've got no one, Nick. There's <laughs> I mean, they sent they sent all the young players home. They'll hope us against the Aussies. I reckon they've got to mix it up a bit. I'll be putting Josh Butler at the top of the order and let him do what he does in the T twenties. I mean, yeah. a quick fire thirty or fifty is better than him not even hit the ball off the wicket batting at number seven or eight. I don't know, I just I just mix it up a bit and I'd get Mahmood in there as well. They need him. His his form in the BBL's been pretty good, so I'd be bringing him into the test side as well. Yeah, I like that. You can hear all that on Sports Central with Jason Matthews. Enjoy your afternoon, mate, uh, and happy new year. Yeah, same to you boys.